My name is Searle, episode 49. Having a little bit of fun tonight, folks. We're going to do a kind of live time. I ain't editing shit. I got the 10 count boys with me. I only got truth right now. I'm an hour and five minutes late. Although I guess it's technically only 35 minutes late because Bruce said he needed to late 30. So, that was me. Um, oh, that was you. Oh, shit. See, look, I'm, I'm seeing J and J. See, this is the, this is why I'm so glad that I finally got the names differentiated on the show for the listeners, because like when I'm reading the messages, so it'll just come up J and J on like wow. the background. I have it set up so it's just first names and I should have it fixed for our conversation specifically. But like our conversation is one of the very few I open like and actually dig into and chat and have fun and you know pretty well in the same boat myself i'm in a few but that's the one where I'm, i'll like actually dig in and it's fun i'm rarely the one that gets left out of the conversations it's either you and me or you or me and brew that are having like long convos that one of the two of you guys have to catch up on but the last couple days and I mentioned this on the last show, like, it's nice, like, when I've lost a couple days, you guys are talking about news and stuff to catch up on. But that was me again th- today and yesterday, really. Like, you guys were just like, just, and I'm like, yes, thank God, <laughs> it's those, fellas. It's one of those things, too. It's kind of like why the podcast worked with us so well with the three of us. It's like, we all know when to bow out and just let each other talk for a couple minutes. And, you know, I mean, we all know when to pick our spots. So Straight up. And that's, that's, I think, even more of the beauty of our conversations off of the air. It's that when we have those conversations in the Facebook group, I don't want to say it's practice for these conversations that we have on the air, but as our boy Brooke enters the conversation, folks, (laughs) (laughs) I was just saying the truth, like our Facebook conversation and and the episode has started um, to let you know, we're just going to kind of do it live time. It's going to be our, our last foray together on My Name is Searle. So I know I've said that a couple of times and everybody listening at home is like, yeah, okay, Chris, heard that before. Um, the podcast will be going daily and that means the 10 count will be going weekly as well as the weekly and all other entities. But yes, Brew, welcome. And uh, like I was just saying the truth, our conversations we have on Facebook, it's not like practice for the show, but like Truth was just saying on the show where we are right now, we do a really good job of picking and choosing uh, opportunities and points of, of interest to speak at and, and talk about and ask questions and continue the conversation or find a way to stop the conversation. And it's like the same in the Facebook group. We're educating each other in ways like truth has put me in my place in so many ways in wrestling terms, because I'm still learning the industry again. Like I've only really been rewatching for just short of three years again. So you know, I'm relearning everything. And like we were just talking about the merch thing yesterday. Yeah, Brew, I can tell you everything I know about merch, but shit, truth knows about that. Yeah, ask him. No, I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's the beauty of this, man. Like we're all learning and we're all growing together. I think as uh, I don't want to say as podcasters, because I feel like you guys both do an amazing job. Loyalty. Let's talk on truths and real fatherhood stories true fatherhood stories stories. i'm gonna get it man i'm sorry i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it uh brand new podcast by my man by my man brew and truth yours is uh launching soon i mean it's a it's a revamp of things and you uh shared a wonderful flashback of your conversation with our boy connor moore may he rest in peace when are you uh when are you bringing it back I don't know, man. Depending on what we finish up here tonight, I might even record a little something this evening. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. 
You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully this one's out before that. I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> and Brew, uh, I know that you just kind of did like the pilot episode with your show, but like, what's the what's the plan with that? Is it to be a weekly thing, a monthly thing, or are you just kind of winging it, man? Right now I'm winging it, but... Straight up. Yeah, my plan is to have it weekly. Um, I didn't put an episode yet for this week, a lot on my plate, but I actually have two episodes I'm just going to release um, next week. Sort of make up for this for this week. But yeah, I'm gonna go weekly. I got some like, crazy, you know, guests lined up already. So it's just a matter of scheduling those in. And you know, the good thing about weekly is I can record their parts whenever I want. I can do like six dudes at one night and just sort of put those out as it comes. So yeah, yeah. especially in your kind of thing where it's not really a timely topic. It's you know, it's yeah. storytelling. It's whatever. So it works yeah. perfect for you. You can put all kinds in the bank. There's a perfect example of knowing when to talk. Truth was literally like thought out my head, thought out my head. I was going to say the exact same thing. Like your, your conversations are timeless. And uh, you know, the first episode alone was a perfect example of that truth. Um, I guess back to your show really quick. Is it still going to be that one-on-one interview concept or are you going to even look into some monologue stuff? Cause you just said you might brush off the mic right now. So like, yeah, I know your last show was kind of a, like a mini mix, but you were more interview oriented. Like, What's the what's the future going to look like? The whole origins of loyalties. Let's talk. I was basically just going to get into our local music scene and just interview you know everybody who could, and then I branched off into let's talk on location where yeah. I went to concerts and stuff. Bro, you were on an episode. That was my favorite part. Yeah. At, uh, yeah, at the pavilion there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the same thing. Like you know, just filming stuff on location at, at events or and just introducing the local scene. But then I just. It didn't really take off as well as I thought to. So I'm just going to branch off into more things that I enjoy now. So whether I'm talking wrestling a little bit, like a review quite or uh, a newsworthy stuff or uh, something that happened in my own personal life, maybe like uh, I'll probably make an announcement on this first episode here. We'll probably get that out the way, but my guy, um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's, I'll probably have an interview here and there, but it's, it's not going to be my main focus is interview only. I'll be probably be doing a lot of solo stuff. Straight up, straight up. And this is what I've been saying. I mean, this is episode 40 my, 49 of my show. And as everybody has listened to over the last 49 episodes that have tuned in, and I thank one and all for tuning in, whether you've been here since the start or you've just kind of like tuned in during this 10 count era of my show, kind of bridging the gap between focusing on Searle and focusing on all these different weekly things I'm going to be doing. Searle ain't going anywhere. And that's the thing. Once you start something, it's about keeping it going. And motivation is key. And both you guys are motivating me right now, man. And I'm not even lying to you. Like both you guys are st- like starting and restarting a project, but I'm struggling to get the consistency to keep this thing going with my job, with my personal life, with everything going on. And now all of a sudden I completely forgot that this grant activates last week of j- bam. Here I am. The bros are starting the show. We're going to start a show together that we've already been yeah. like warming up the last month. And oh, boys, it's a good time. And and like I've been saying, over and I, the point I was getting at with this little mini rant is I've been saying I'd rather hear people's voices than read their Facebook statuses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, okay. we've been talking about normalizing phone calls. And it's, a lot of people have been making phone calls over the last year, year and a half. This is the closest thing to a phone call. That's not a phone call. It's the closest thing to a radio show. That's not a radio show. We need to start listening to people's voices again. I love reading people's opinions on Facebook. I love seeing people conceptual. I'm an English major, so I like to see structures of conversations, but I'd rather hear them. And uh, Brew, you did a wonderful one with Jermaine and, and, you know, he's me and him are going to be chopping it up here. He's going to be on my show next week. I'm going to be on his show. And, you know, that's what I want to do. I'm tired of just going on Facebook and I I barely do anymore, but when I do, it's just like, it's, it, it always goes to an element of stress 
or negativity. And even when you try to be positive, it's not generating the conversation that you want. It's not a matter of me getting a hundred likes on a, on a conversation. It's a matter of me actually engaging in something positive. And, you know, I, I post negative statuses from time to time. The last couple of statuses I posted were negative, but they generated a positive conversation because people knew my intention. I feel like with Facebook, nobody knows anybody's intention anymore. If you're doing a podcast, your intention is there. So yeah. I'm happy well, to that's hear the problem. You, you can't you can't get context and attention over it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, too, like, Chris, um, you know, there's motivating factors, too, from I'll call us the two J's right now. You know, what I mean, like props to you, too, man, because episode 49, a lot of people have started this stuff and, and quit five, ten shows in. You know what I mean? So yeah, I know every week I look forward to we have a little Facebook where we're, you know, funny memes and we're talking about the fight game of all you know, about combat sports, but I look forward to this. You know what I mean? And straight up, um, you mentioned Jermaine. I give props to him. Cause you, if no one, no one's going to know this unless I tell them, but I spoke to him. He had a little podcast and we were chopping it up, bro. I, as soon as we were done, I went and designed my logo. And an hour yeah. later I was on, I was online recording my first episode. So I give props to Jermaine for giving me the motivation. It was something that it was always there, but until I had the conversation with him, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Let me just do this and get it out. Straight up. Because I want to motivate myself. And I knew I was never going to do it unless I just did it and threw it out. You know Straight I mean? up. Like, this That's is the, the same thing for me. Yeah. This is the enabling. This is the enabling. But that was the boom. That's the spark. Yeah. It was having yeah. to take that step aside. Right. And, yeah. and and like Truth just said, it's the same with him. I'm assuming like you're having conversations on the side too, Truth. Like you're. Not even that. It's this show in particular, man. It's, oh, yeah. Straight up. Straight up. I, it's the fact that, you know, you bringing me on to do the wrestling podcast or whatever when we first started doing this or whatever. And now branching off into what we got now. It's, I don't know, man. It's kind of hard not to get motivated and want to do things again. Like it's, straight so, up. Yeah. You know, yeah. Thank you. No, I, snake. I, straight up. I, like, and like no. I say, I mean, I appreciate you guys, man. Like it's. This is not the easiest thing in the world. And I'm still a scratch podcast at the end of the day. Like I'm not exactly the most robust or visually appealing production, if you will. But I've grown a bit of a fan base. And part of the reason why that fan base has kind of grown and expanded a tiny little bit is because of you guys. You know, I've reached out to your guys' different friend groups and in your guys' case, fan groups. You guys are both actual musicians. You guys are both act, have have fan bases through your medium. So I appreciate you guys too. And it's been a blast. You know, when I intended to take this time off, um, once I got this new job to, to just kind of unwind and reset. And I just wanted to kind of do it out of nowhere. I got to do a couple of great interviews that I wanted to do before I took the break. But, you know, the same as you just said, I look forward to this every week. You know, and, and it's not like we're anything completely structured. We put a little bit of structure into stuff as we get ready to get to the 10 count. But this is like the one conversation I want to have every week. And, you know, shout out to my boy, Steve Steele. Shout out to Anthony. Shout out to all those guys. I'll talk to them guys every week, too. Shout out to Katie. You know, me and her have taken a break. Got to recharge the batteries. But the election's here. So, you know, me and her are going to be talking soon. But, you know, I couldn't not talk with you guys at least if it was every other week that's and it sounds corny and cheesy and i always say not gonna do it but here i am (laughs) but the reason why is because we have these daily conversations on facebook and you know what man it's distracted me during some pretty tough times over the last few days laughing at the memes catching up on the news just having the conversations with you guys learning and you know what educating you know you guys have actually showed me that i know more about this industry be it wrestling 
mixed martial arts or boxing than I thought I even knew myself. So um, I think that's why this is a wonderful opportunity for the three of us to take it to the next level. And that's the 10 count starting next week. We don't know what day yet. We're still that unprepared, but we're getting it's definitely going to be next week, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I can't think of a better way to to start to finish the last episode of us on my show. Then with that gibberish bullshit, more breaking news. <laughs> nothing is official. Nothing is booked. But some websites are now starting to take bets on Anderson Silva versus Logan Paul. And surprisingly, Logan Paul is the two minus 200 betting favorite. I think there was a rumor a month ago. It was obviously after Anderson Silva's fight against uh, JCC Jr. He was doing the whole... Yeah, I would like to do keep this professional, but these money, blah, blah, blah. Can't blame him. I think what happened two weeks ago was Silva's manager said something. And then Silva's manager sent Dylan Dennis an Instagram message asking Dylan Dennis if he wanted to be part of the card. Well, Dylan Dennis took the screenshot, posted it for the world to see September 18th in Dubai. Fast forward to, I guess, just recently and Logan Paul's person, uh, I don't know if it's his agent or just kind of like a, a manager or whatever, said, yeah, I'm in. We're in. We'd be, we're definitely down for it. And now the betting markets are open. So truth, are you into this foolishness? Like, is this something that actually intrigues you? Because we've been going on and seeing us kind of like do the roller coaster wave when it comes to these wild ass matchups. But this one has me all in for some reason. I don't know why. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I don't have any interest in the Paul brothers. I really don't. Maybe Jake just to see him fight some, you know, star like somebody legit and actually, you know, do something serious. But Logan, I have no interest. Anderson Silva, on the other hand, I'm really interested to see what he's doing because he he really impressed me with that last fight he had. Um, just to see him step out of his own element of, of the the the, the jujitsu work and and his kickboxing skills and to just be able to purely box and, and still have fun with it at his age. You know what I mean? Like it, it was a fun to watch. So I'm, of course I'm going to be curious to see what he does next. And brew same for you. I, you know, you're the purest and I am kind of the yeah. purest. And, you know, just yeah. last weekend there was a, a devastating officiating decision or not, I guess, officiating judge decision that again, just kind of dents and tarnishes the sport. So, you know, we've talked about this before going into this. We're going to know what it is, even if it's a professional fight. It's still going to be for the show and the lulls. I guess what's your first reaction? And regarding that fight last week, kind of into this, is this why this is successful? Because boxing is just too controversial right now. Um, honestly, I, I'm, I'm with truth on the on the Paul brothers. You know that I've said it on almost every show we've had. And we still can't avoid the Paul brothers. It's, it's just the way it goes That's the right thing, now. man. Like, I even did a whole episode saying I was never going to, like, love this <laughs> shit. And now here we are every yeah. time. And it's my fault. I, I keep bringing it up. But it's like I saw but, the news when I was just out to have a smoke before we just yeah. came in the air. And I'm like, yeah. this is a talking point because it just goes to show you the power that these goddamn brothers have. Yep. It, it's honestly like, you know, Anderson Silva is my favorite MMA fighter of all time. You know, I don't care how he got old and lost like five in a row, whatever it was. It's that happens, bro. And it's, it's some guys leave in their prime. And, you know, to see that was a little bit sad, but I applaud guys to do that because, you know, he may, he may know, you know, I'm not the top middleweight anymore, da, 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 but he got in there. He got in there with Adesanya. He got in there with some guys that were just straight running through that division. So, I mean, he, he's tough as nails. I got, I think about it two ways. Uh, Logan Paul's asking that it's exhibition. So 
I think if it's exhibition, no one's going to win. I don't think anyone's going to knock each other out. Everyone saw, if you saw, if you heard Logan sort of telling Mayweather, chill, champ, chill, like, stop trying to knock me out. So what are you going to do with Silva? Because I think Silva has more of that killer mentality in him. If it's a sanctioned actual boxing match, you know, I'm not saying this because it's a Paul brother, but I can't see him beating Anderson Silva. As, as old as he is, and you know me, I got to throw my weird analogy in there. I compare this to, I don't, I don't want to know. So let's let's talk about Soldier Boy, right? Soldier no. Boy, <laughs> Boy had that song, cranked that Soldier Boy, and I remember when it came out. You know, and I'm still the old guy when it came out, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is garbage. Okay. And I remember okay. listening to Z103 in Halifax, and Kate Ooh. Milton, Kate Milton actually on air said, "I refuse to play this song." Da 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 da. And then, like a month later, she it was like maybe 11 o'clock at night. She's like, I, "I I regrettably informed my public that due to all the requests I'm getting and the radio stations getting here, I have to play this song for the first time," and she sighed. And that's how I'm starting to feel with the Paul brothers. Like, uh, you can't avoid talking about them if you're a combat sports guy. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, I didn't know where that one was going, but there it is, yeah, right at the end. Yeah. See, some of them, these, well, they just come to me. But. Some of them we know beforehand. I'm like, I see where you're going with this one. Yeah. That one was a roller coaster, bro. I, I wasn't yeah. just hooked us right back in on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I it's, try not to do them every week. It just comes to me. I'm like, you know what this reminds me of? <laughs> it's just the intrigue, man. Like, even last week, they were going back and forth. And, like, yeah. you knew it was just for jokes. You knew it was just to keep mm-hmm. their name in, in the thing. Obviously, yeah. they're not going to fight each other now. But yeah. it's intriguing as fuck, and I don't know how. I, and I, I even said this to you guys in the group. I love Jake Paul, and I don't know why. And it's like I, th- like, I think that's the crux of this. That is literally what this is. People that love them, love them. People that hate them, hate them, but still watch them. People that used to hate them, but love them now, kind of like in my sphere. We'll talk about it all day, even if we disagree with a lot of it. But the people that used to love them that are starting to hate them, they're still in that same conversation. So they have all four squares of the conversation. Well, I guess four, all four corners of the conversation circle square. I don't know how you're supposed to do that. But the, the diagram, everybody is in the conversation. And I think it's intriguing because what happened last weekend uh, between, uh, oh, my goodness gracious, I totally completely blank. Charlo and Castano, my goodness gracious. I can't believe I just did that. See, this is terrible. Here we are talking about Logan Paul and Anderson Silva. Names rolling off the tongue. Two world-class boxers. And I completely blanked on Charlo's name. But it's what happened last week, man. It's And nobody's talking about it in all four of those spheres. It's only the people that hate and hate the Paul brothers that are really talking about what happened last weekend. And I don't know if you even saw the fight truth, but it was just like, oh, man. It's just like. If they had a score to a draw and like two of the cards were 114, 114, which was it was close to being because I think it was like one was one was two 114s and one was 114, 113 for the guy who should have won the fucking fight. But for that third scorecard to be like 117, 111, I mean, I, I just oh, it made those me, kind of jobs. It made me sick, yeah. bro. It made me sick yeah. to my stomach. And, and, and I mean, Brew, you watched the fight. Um, yeah, we could talk about the times, fight, bro. but like it, it's it's. What's the point of talking about the fight? And this is what Teddy Atlas, I told you guys, you know, go watch the first 15 minutes of this. This is what Teddy Atlas was talking about. Who cares about watching the fight now? Mm-hmm. This is why ratings are going to go down. But yep. people still tune in. But people are buying fights during fights more now than ever before. That was a statistic I think I read. I think it was a Showtime sponsored thing. So I think it was them trying to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
but there was something about how there was an event a couple of actually i think it was canelo's last event billy with billy joe they sold 88,000 88,000 sales during the fight yeah that's a lot of sales mm-hmm. stuff like this people will still buy they heard the because castano's oh castano's doing his thing up like yep. fucking six one on the scorecard blah, blah 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 oh i'm gonna go buy this one i mean i think it was was it pay-per-view i think it was on broadcast i had it on yeah. broadcast yeah i actually i streamed it i streamed it after the fact so yeah. once you told me about it there was other sport, there was other sports going on so i didn't i didn't watch it live but yeah i did watch it after but yeah, yeah like when I told you to tune in, like I think he knocked him down in the tenth round. But even then, like Castano, in my opinion, was still up three, four rounds and won the last two, maybe split. And it's mm-hmm. uh, this is why this shit works. Mm-hmm. If boxing was legit, if there wasn't the controversy, if we got to see in truth's uh, argument the best fighting the best all the time, like we see in mixed martial arts. This Paul brother, this this Logan Paul Anderson Silva shit would just be an afterthought. But this stuff is now it. You got Vitor Belfort and Oscar De La Hoya. That's the conversation. Who's Mike Tyson fighting next? That's the conversation. Like, it, it's, it's, it's. Well, see, the thing is, though, like, guys like Mike Tyson, they deserve to have these exhibition fights. They, they, oh, yeah. Even Oscar. Fights, you know even saying? Oscar. Even Oscar. It even sucks Oscar. it's Vitor, but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, with these Paul brothers, I think it's a little bit of the Mayweather syndrome at this point. People are paying to see them get beat up. Yeah. So they're waiting for that. You know what I mean? Like, they're not, oh, my God, the Paul brothers are fighting. Let's watch. You know, they're like, okay, let me watch this guy finally get knocked out tonight. I think that's what a lot of it's turning into. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's probably where you're getting a lot of this popularity from. Yeah. That's a good Truth point. is right to it. One thing I think of it is, is <laughs> to keep it in with the combat sports, but another analogy is I think these guys got the motivation from Conor McGregor. Yeah. Like this. Oh, yeah. Because Jake Jake Paul's going to go in there and fight. He doesn't need to be taunting these guys and da-da-da. He's doing it because he's the YouTube douchebag. You know what I mean? Like, So truth is right, a lot of people are watching to see him get knocked out, but he's got a shit ton of little fans too. Like, not little, but, you know, teenagers and young 20s. Mm-hmm. They really buy this guy's hype. And I think yeah. until, you know, he's doing it in a smart way. He's fighting these MMA guys that he can beat. You know, and who who knows? If he beats Woodley... You know, and can keep going and win a couple more fights, and yeah, do your thing. But he's gonna get KO'd when he subs, and it's you know, I'm not yeah. saying that I hope for that, but I think you know, it's bound to happen eventually. Yeah. No, these these guys are just taking a pure page of the, the old fashioned pro wrestling book. That's all. Hell yeah, heels. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Well said. It, it's like yeah. a little bit of Floyd, a little bit of Connor, and a lot of wrestling. That's exactly what it is. I'm glad that you yeah, guys yeah. both like. I'm glad that you said that. I'm glad that you said that too. Truth. I'm glad you guys both said it because that's what it is to me. Like Floyd has shown that money can be made in this sport with the Connor fight, ironically. Mm-hmm. And that was a professional fight with a little bit of um, creativity, I suppose, is the best word to use. He showed you can make money with the Logan fight. Well, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. But the Logan <laughs> fight doesn't happen without the Connor fight. And yeah. I loved that Max Kellerman made this point. You know, these celebrity fights have been happening forever. George Foreman used to do them every month for fuck's sakes when he had the grill coming out. Like this isn't new, but when you look back at modern time, there wasn't a whole lot of this until Connor versus Floyd. And there was even still a time span in between Connor versus Floyd and the shit you're seeing now. But the small market had to exist. Your Lamar Odoms versus Aaron Carter's that shit had to happen over the last few years to get to this point where these fights are huge and then you have 
the Lamar Odoms versus Aaron Carter's that are going to actually have a bit of a market. It's fucked mm-hmm. up to say, but I'm you know, actually always... entertained, man. I don't know yeah. why. Well, and, it is entertainment. It's just like, it's more entertainment than it is combat. Sports. Yeah. Like, yeah. At least with the Mayweather McGregor, Mayweather, you're talking about possibly the greatest fighter of all time, boxer. And then, uh, and then McGregor is like maybe three or four wins away. You know what I mean? From, from being one of the top five yeah. MMA guys. You know, and and at that point, and at that point, it was undeniable that he may have been the most popular combat sports fighter not named yeah, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it was the perfect matchup, the perfect storm at the perfect time. I remember, uh, shout out to my boy, Sean Davis, his, his young man, Bryce, is, is a week and change old now, growing like a weed, looking strong. But we watched the fight at his house, me, him, and my buddy, Robbie. And um, Robbie's, Robbie don't watch that shit. You know, Robbie always jokes, man, there's something weird about watching two, like, nearly naked dudes fighting. Robbie don't watch wrestling. He don't watch boxing. He don't watch MMA. Uh, But that night, Robbie wasn't missing that fight. Robbie was right there with me and Sean at Sean's place, and we watched every minute of that 12 rounds. Well, I guess it didn't go 12. Uh, Nine and change. So it's like, you know, I I, I look at that night as a time where I saw in my own friend circle, my own friend demographic, what's happening in the greater scale. And if I fast forward to now, I see what Robbie's talking about and watching. It's not Charlo versus Castano last weekend. It might be Logan Paul versus Anderson Silva though in a couple of months. So what a time to be alive, fellas. What a time to be alive. Into into more legitimate combat sports. Uh, last weekend actually was one. Yeah, well, we'll, 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 save that. we'll save that one for a little bit later in the show. We'll save that one for a little bit later in the show. I want to get oh, to Sorry, you said legitimate pro sports. Right? Ah, well, you know, it's real to me. It's real to me. <laughs> one of the greatest freaking videos of all time. I'm glad that you guys shared that, man, because I completely forgot about that clip. It's funny, too. Um, what's his face is in the video, and he's, like, leaned over, and he's already, like, pissed off. Um, oh, my goodness. The asshole with the glass. Yeah, you see, yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. tell it's him because it's like, and he's already like leaned over. You can tell he just answered a question that pissed him off or something. And then this guy comes next. Oh, man. <laughs> Cornette needs to do a whole pod- podcast on that if he hasn't. I love that guy. He probably has. And if he hasn't, he needs to because I fucking love listening to that guy. But uh, last weekend, our boy Islam, and I say our boy because I'm riding that wave. And if you guys aren't coming with me, well, you're stuck. <laughs> Um, number five now in the lightweight rank, lightweight rankings. I'm surprised Dana gave him the boost, but like Chael Sonnen said, man, it might, he might even deserve to be higher. Why not? You know, inactivity is, is something that Dana has punished before. We've talked about this before. I used Justin Gaethje as an example. I kind of backtracked on it, but I really do feel like Dana needs to do this more to get the hot active fighters right into the mix because i think it was you that said it brew maybe you said it truth it's the whole jj thing in our conversation i have to put nicknames in that thing i don't know how we're going to do it but we're going to do it um you know this now forces guys that have been dodging him to fight him and it now also gives him an option to pick an rda or a tony ferguson who are behind him to boost his ranking because i like what dana did here now that i actually have like settled on it through the day had some conversations with some people i like it Because what Dana just did was show it does not matter who you fight. It's that you fight. Not everybody's going to get that four ranking boost. But the fact that he showed that this guy took the fight, got the boot, like what happens with Tavares if he had one? Does he move into that 9-8? You know what I'm saying? I think people are starting to talk about it now. Fuck rankings. 
they've Damien has shown and proven they don't matter. But I think in this case, it's the first time where it's really, really, really important that Dana did this because I think the next fight now for Islam is going to be, I, 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 we can, I guess this is where the conversation is going. Who is it going to be? Uh, so I guess, Brew, to start with you, unless Truth wants to cut it off because I saw you said something. You were going to say something. No, I, I just, I just want, I keep hearing you say Dana doing the rankings stuff. I'm pretty sure Dana has nothing to do with the rankings. Yeah, because this is the thing, but we don't know who. And this is what yeah. I love that you said that because Chael Sonnen said this earlier. It's like the rankings people are signed to an NDA. You and don't like know judges. who it is. Yeah. yeah, they're like the judges. They're inexperienced people who don't know what the fuck they're doing. They just see highlights and, and set things up. Like, it's it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, so that's no, a go good ahead. point. It's, but that's a good point. No, that's a very good point. Uh, if you can continue if you want. <laughs> no, just, no, 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 no. I asked you a question. I, well, yeah, I guess more or less, like, who's next, I guess, is really where I wanted to go with the conversation. But, like can can Dana do something with the rankings I know he's not doing the rankings but like is this the beginning maybe of him incentivizing it I know he doesn't want to I know that limits fight potential I know it does everything but I like him doing this and I think that this is going to keep people active if you have an incentive so I, I guess uh brew yeah sorry brew <laughs> but I guess before I answer I'll touch on on the ranking thing too like yeah I know with, with other sports it's usually the media the writers um, I've never heard about the OCS, so I, I'd love to do some sort of digging maybe for the next episode. But that's a good point. Um, with with Islam, it's it's I do a, I mean, I do agree with the jump. I would have liked to see him fight, uh, you know, a Dos Anjos or Ferguson before he moved past them because the way it's set up now for me is like, okay, you're at the five, so Gaethje's been waiting for the title shot, so now Poirier is gonna fight. Oliver, let's say Dustin wins. You know what I mean? Like Gaethje might get a knee injury, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? Then there's like, there's the Chandlers, there's, you know, the, the Islam. So maybe Dana's just like, yo, you know what? Let's chuck Islam in there. Yeah, which I don't think he yet deserves that title shot, but he's in the position ranking wise that he can be. You know what I mean? So I, I do agree with the inactivity thing. Like I, I see why some guys drop or don't get fights, but you know, with guys like Gaethje, I almost agree with what he's saying because he was a title holder. You know what I mean? He lost to Khabib and he's like, you know, now Khabib's gone. Who am I fighting for the title now? You know what I mean? It's like, so he doesn't want to fight unless it's a title, title boat. And, you know, a lot of people hate on him for that. It's just, I, I sort of agree and see where he's going. But like you guys said, it's, it's MMA, bro. Like you, you can get stepped over at any time. So, you know, I, I sit on both sides of that, which I do with a lot of things, but um, I kind of back at you on this one, to be honest. Yeah, that's a, that, I like that you led into that because that was kind of where I was going to finish the conversation. But since I didn't really start the conversation properly, it's kind of a good direction to take it. The, yeah. the Gaethje the situation is kind of the thorn in Dana's side and what was a very clean and clear lightweight division. He kind of has the parody. Now he's got Benil on a win. Now he's got Makachev on a win. I think that the reason why he moved Makachev up is because with Ferguson and RDA both on L's, well, I don't think RDA's on an L currently but like with them on the down if you will yeah. Yeah. makachev is in my opinion without argument the best of the rest and there's nobody below him in that ranking right now who i'm thinking is gonna beat him so i kind of like dana just kind of not dana whoever does this shit um just saying you know what we're moving this guy here because everybody behind him is not going to beat him that's the way it used to be in boxing yeah it used to you be what i do like about this though chris is like Okay, let's stick him at the five. And the narrative all through the last pay-per-view or, you know, the last event 
which I just despise, was the whole, like, nobody wants to fight this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, damn well, if he was ranked four or three, there's guys that are chomping at the fucking bit to get this dude. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so I, I think where he said the nine, then yeah, from four up, I'm going like, why fight this guy though? Until mm-hmm. he's a five or six. Mm-hmm. Now they got him in the five. And if guys are ducking him, ducking him, they can't now. But I, I don't really believe the full, like, oh, these guys want to fight. You know, if I'm sitting at three and I'm like, I'm one fight away from the title, why the hell am I fighting this this young buck? Not nine. So, you know what yeah. I mean? If fires are starting to take more control of, you know, their future and things like that. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of them sit on the sidelines for a mm-hmm. long time because Dana White's will fuck you, then I'll move past you. Yeah. But I like that these fires are fighting back a little bit. And John Jones is our waiting two years of fight. And, you know, I like that these guys are doing that because, you know, you're never going to take control from Dana White. But you're controlling your own sort of destiny, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of funny, like the rankings don't matter, but guys will not fight a guy because of their ranking. So it's like, this is where Dana can incentivize. And again, maybe he doesn't do the rankings completely, like, but I'm sure he has to have a fingerprint and on the conversation at the very least incentivize, you know, you're a top five fighter. You get this random monthly bonus, no matter how long you're not fighting. Maybe it's a grand, maybe it's two grand pennies, pennies, shit that'll add up eventually. Maybe this stuff will happen once the stock gets up. You know, this is all, there's just free thinking shit in my head. That's never, ever going to happen, but this is a way to make the rankings work. And I, I'm, I'm trumpeting this. I'm a big fan of this and I'm glad he did it. Um, truth. The, like I said, the follow-up question was about Gaethje. Does Islam Gaethje actually make sense? Like, if you're Justin Gaethje, maybe you don't take the fight. But, I mean, it makes sense because the other guys are, are not in the mix right now with Gaethje. Gaethje's clearly not interested because I honestly think all those fights have been offered. Justin just wants to know who's fighting for the title. If he beats Islam, he's fighting for whoever's. You know what I'm saying? He is next. Nobody's going to be able to say no to Justin Gaethje at that point. So, I, I, is this it? Is this the fight? Well, see, this no. is something we're, we're gonna we gotta mark this date down here or something because this is one of the few times where I actually disagree with Brew. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I don't, I don't think Justin deserves to be at the, in a title shot right now, not even a little bit. Like he got handled by the champ, and the only reason why he's even in discussion for a title shot now is because that particular champ is not around anymore. So you know, I mean, it's what happens when you lose to a champ. It's not too often you get a rematch. This ain't WWE, you know what I mean? Like it's you're going back down to the bottom of the line and you're gonna start all over again. So, I mean, I'm looking at the rankings right now, and, and the best thing I can think of right now, you got number five versus number three, which is uh, Islam versus Dariush. Then you'll have number four versus number two, Gaethje versus Chandler. Then you got number one versus the champ. You got Dustin Poirier versus mm-hmm. Oliveira. You know what I mean? And then see who wins all that stuff. You can start working shit out from there. And, and, and that's what I was getting at, too. Like, you could even do Gaethje versus Islam. And then have um, Dairush and Chandler in the middle of that, right? Like it's the same thing. It's the exact same concept, right? Like, like I, I love it. I, I think it's Dar- a great Dar- idea. Dairush just came off a win. Islam just come off a win. Put those yeah. guys together. Then Straight you up, Chandler and Gaethje both coming off losses. Put those guys yeah. together. You know perfect. I mean? like, perfect thinking. Perfect thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I know it is different than the fight game too, but you know the the reason I just back Gaethje there is like, you know, if you're in the NHL playoffs and in Montreal's, you know, facing Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay has a bus fire you're you know what i mean or the, the no let's say the tampa bay wins the stanley cup right and they're like you know what everyone was on peds we have to play stanley cup finals without tampa bay then montreal's still in there in the conversation you know what i mean so then you just move yeah. another team up so that's sort of my analogy there but 
I know I gotta I'm, keep, I'm just thinking, keep I'm just thinking these, of Gaethje but... saying that he's not going to accept anything unless it's what, who yeah. the champ next kind of thing. Right? Yeah, I don't it's agree like, with Gaethje, that. He Gaethje has to fight, fight for bro. me. Yeah, he has to fight for me. I do agree with the four two, sort of you know three five whatever those numbers were. But yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Man, you had to put that out into the universe a couple weeks ago, man. I, I the Habs might be Stanley <laughs> Cup champions right now, man. <laughs> Knock know. on wood, I would never wish anything like that on anybody. But yeah. that's some funny ass shit. But it's true, like yeah. Let's slide the Islanders in there. <laughs> you know, I. This is where I. You know what? And I think us having this conversation right now is actually taking me. It's, it's made the the seesaw move. I was kind of in the middle of things, but as as we were talking about in the conversation, I am also of the opinion that Gaethje should be down. I don't think though it's for what truth said. For me, it's just the inactivity. Mm -hmm. To see Justin Gaethje fight somebody within that three months just to prove that he is the number one contender, I think would have looked really good for him, even if he lost. Because I think Dana's forgiving. He likes Justin. But, you know, you look at his UFC record, I think he's like, what, five and three or four four and five and three? Like it's not glittering by any means. So Gaethje's also protecting maybe a little bit of a, a a golden chalice that he shouldn't hold at the moment, at least in our opinion, right? Like Dana's given me this gift right now that I can't give up by fighting somebody and sacrificing it. So Gaethje is almost playing the eliminator, if that makes any sense. Like he's the guy that you have to go through to win the title, even if you're the champ. If that makes yeah. any sense, it's such he's, a he's almost almost toying with Dana in that sense. That's why I was saying he's playing chess. In, in, he's playing chess in a yeah, weird way. Yeah, exactly. But I think even going to your point, like, you know, OK, so we lost to Khabib. Khabib retires and then Oliver is fighting Chandler. Why didn't Gaethje fight Oliver? You know what I mean? Like, that's where truth. That's where truth makes the good point that, yeah. you know, when in history does the guy get the rematch? Well, this was an opportunity for Dana to actually give credence to a guy that was the interim champ fighting an all-time yeah. great retiring, yeah. give Gaethje that fight against Oliveira, not the new dude who just beat Dan Hooker. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it makes you wonder how much is Justin Gaethje, which is why I think it's inactivity, which is why in my personal opinion, I would like to have seen him drop, put him below Islam, put him below Dairouche, put him below all those guys. But I, I, it's it's a tough one. Like I said, I am in the middle because I see where you're coming from, Brew. There is a yeah. lineage in a weird way where him losing to Khabib, it's kind of like a null to the record. It's like you're not really gonna punish Izzy for losing to Blahovich. I know it's two it's two completely different things because it's two completely different weight classes. But yeah. you know, Dana always seems to forgive when you lose to that guy who is at that all time peak, who is at that level. And I think that is kind of what it is. And it's why Gaethje has the ranking he has still. It's yeah. I don't agree with it. I, I'm I'm closer to truth than I am you, Brew. But I see where you're coming from. I, I guess is what I'm trying yeah. to say. And I'm not so I'm not like set in stone with that. I just you know, I just like the guy. I think he he deserves a shot. But I do oh, don't get me wrong. I like Gaethje too. I'm, I'm a huge. Gaethje oh yeah, fan. yeah. He's a fight. He's a like a fan's fight. He's like you know the, the everyday rough and tough. You know rugged yes. and tough. You know all American. You know there's going to be a fight. Yeah, hundred I do have some breaking news because I just was looking while we were chatting too. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so I I looked up the uh, who ranks the fighters. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. So it, it is a panel of MMA media members, however. Uh, so I'm, I won't read them all, 
but there's like KHON Honolulu, there's MMA odds breakers. So it's made up of like media guys, some who have been around you know, since some the beginning, right? Mm. But there's also some of them that kind of jump out at me. There's one called Top Turtle Podcast, which I haven't heard of, but it could be great. But there's CFMU 93.3, which is a radio station in Ontario. It's a it's a McMaster campus radio station. The fuck? Oh, we're definitely looking yeah, at that one. How, you know what I'm saying? How did they get in on this sort of ranking thing? And it goes back to your point of, like, they see the popular kid coming up, bang, bang, bang. You can see why Amakayev jumped up so quick. You know what I mean? Like, because you probably got a lot of younger crowds in some of these uh, media outlets. Interesting. Yeah, we, we can sort of you jump into a it further. I just wanted to, a campus, campus radio station McMaster, in Ontario. Yeah, McMaster University, uh, student-run, uh, owned and operated by McMaster, yeah. And wow. it just literally, the, the article I'm reading, it literally says, why do they have the recognition and credit to give professional career-defining opinions about professional athletes' performances is truly a mystery. Well, 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 right? well. So that, then you have your sure. fightnews.com, your MMA weeklies, like your real, you know, the guys have been around forever, right? And yeah, like Oddsbreakers was their first partnership with a betting site, for example. So that yeah. would make sense. That I like, just got maybe- a message from the UFC. We got a cease and desist. We can't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this isn't, this isn't the 10 count. This is my name is Searle. My name is Searle is no longer a podcast. <laughs> maybe we can get a vote in this. Well, this is it. Like how this we have credentials? We have as much credentials as, as this McMaster radio station. Maybe no this is McMaster the thing. Maybe like, we love it, but it would be really interesting to see like how that credential gets certified. Like I know with like AP's top twenty-five rankings, mm-hmm. um, you have to be an AP accredited journalist. You have to be yeah. writing in the field for a minimum of fifteen years, and you have to be a graduate of a school. That is in the field of division one or division two. So it's like, they've got like credentials and the reasons for, or or, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not rules, but I guess rules. Like they've got Mm -hmm. thresholds. They've got things that you need to do to accomplish that. But what do you get? Like, is, is it like a sports science department at McMaster of former martial artists? I mean, they, they have a great kinesiology (laughs) <laughs> program as far as i know but this is one of this is why i'm interested like who's running the kin program could it is it a is yeah. it somebody who has a karate background like are they well, i can tell you Maybe. one thing i don't want a bunch of students ranking a bunch of professors that's the thing yeah. that's the yeah. thing it's like that's it that's a that's a risky thing man to me that's wow, risky that because breaking the, news Listen, yeah like it's not a, <laughs> that's so it's interesting not a knock on mcmaster but how many maybe just maybe they had a guy run through there that might have trained some UFC fighters, and he he's forty eight years old. And yeah, that's my point. Yeah, like a fight a weekly Sunday night fight fucking show. You know what I mean? I'm hoping that's what it is. I'm hoping. <laughs> might, that's a very good possibility. I'm very good possibility. <laughs> he's, he's, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. You know, that's just yeah. that's wild to me. Like, how many? Like, can you like briefly like just like how many different people contribute? Like, can uh, you? Yeah. So is I'll, it like a hundred? Try to do it quickly. No. It's you not, would it's figure not. it'd be all the athletic state commissions that would be fucking. Yeah, they no. probably do have a say, though. I would imagine they have a say. Yeah, I know it. It's not that many, bro. To be honest with you. Wow. So, so really, I'll try to get through this quickly, but it's K H O N Honolulu MMA yeah. odds breakers. The the station for McMaster. There's Burstback.se, which is European. There's Fight News, Fight Network, Gazeta Esportiva, which sounds South American, Cherokee Scout, Burbank Leader, MMA Weekly. K-I-O-Z 105.3, don't know what that is. Glad You Sport, Wrestling Observer, Top Turtle Podcast, 
uh, MMA News, MMA Fight Radio, Box, Boxio, Mundial, Kimura.se, which I've actually been on that site. It's pretty dope. It's, I think it's from Sweden or somewhere. MMA Soldier, MMA NYTT, Blood and Sweat, and Inside Fighting Radio. So maybe wow. 15 to 20 folks, yeah. There was two of them wow. there that I know. One MMA one. MMA, I forget what the name was. MMA now. Weekly, Wrestling the wrestling one. Yeah, yeah. Wrestling yeah. Observer. That, that's Dave Meltzer. Yeah, yeah Dave right. is Dave right. is definitely into yeah. mixed martial arts. Like he's not into yeah. it like publicly as much as yeah. he would pass. Because I mean, yeah. he is still probably like 90 percent wrestling coverage, but he knows yeah. what he's talking about. That's so crazy to me. No sure dog. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Um, like it, MMA no, mania. Or, yeah. Oh, that's a, yeah. That's a good call, actually. MMA mania, and none of the big businesses either. No mm-hmm. Fox. They, they yeah. that, like that's that's interesting to yeah. me. Like these are former partners of the UFC. You'd think they'd still have that kind. Wow. Surprises, not the athletic commissions. Me too. Like, yeah. It should be Texas, Las Vegas, whatever. They all should be putting <laughs> yeah. in their inputs because they're the ones in charge of everything else, right? Yeah. So it's why can't they be in charge of yeah. or even, the ranking, even like yeah. Chris was saying about the you know, in baseball, it's like the certain guys have to have 15, 20 years experience. Maybe you go off with MMA, like the aerials and guys like this that have been covering MMA. You know what I mean? Like yeah, not Ariel, but data would never let Ariel get his, but I yes, just, I know what you're saying. <laughs> With his, people with his credentials, though, you know yeah, what I mean? straight up, straight up. Yeah, for actually Ari- covering the sport. Ariel would already have the that? belt. Ariel would have the belt around our, our next topic of conversation. <laughs> actually, real quick, before we get to the next topic of conversation, um, the, the joke was, though, Ariel would have the belt around uh, Corey, Han- Corey Sandhagen's waist yeah, already. I know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Misha Tate is ranked number nine uh, in the women's bantamweight rankings. I was actually really curious to see where her placement was going to be after her win over Marion Renault, and there's where she's at number nine. So, yeah. uh, Yana, the girl that just lost to Irene, she's number seven. Irene is actually number six, and Irene lost to Holly Holm before she just got her last win. So, you've got Juliana Pena fighting Amanda Nunez next. I think Jermaine is booked. I'm not. I'm not sure against who. And Hall. No, Misha Tate's at eight now. Oh yeah, sorry. He, I, I get my thing off of rankingmma.com. I, I was just had this. Yeah, I made this mistake with you guys earlier too. So rankingmma.com always has a champion in number one. They don't have a yeah. C. Uh, so most yeah. of the time when I say a ranking, I normally will mean one more. Um, M- rankingmma.com is honestly, it's been my resource since the very beginning. Uh, yeah. A buddy of mine actually used to write for them after he graduated from King's University. And I've just, I've followed them. They used to be connected with SureDog and SureDog used to actually do their rankings based off of rankingmma.com. So yeah, when I ever, whenever I talk about rankings, it's normally from this site and I'm always normally one off. When I'm, it's, I can't tell you how many times people have said that to me over the years. Like, yo, Chris, wait, he's, he's number, he's actually number three. You know that, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, like it, it's, it's that thing where it's like, does Dana want to fast track her because if he does and she loses then that's probably it i think that it's this is the type of situation with her that it, you know if, if she loses one fight she's gonna call it a day i don't think misha's sticking around to just collect paychecks she's wants to win the belt she said it before her first press conference she feels like she didn't she say she didn't she drop her name um oh goodness i'm blanking hard completely she dropped somebody's name though during the press conference um was it raquel I forget to be honest. It might have been Raquel. I could be wrong because I think Raquel was her last loss. Hold on. Yeah, Raquel. Raquel was her last fight before she retired, and I think she mentioned Raquel's name during the press conference. Like she felt confident in her skills that she could fight Raquel. So it's like, fuck. 
So before we get to the main event this weekend, guys, I guess, you know, looking at the rankings, seeing how she performed this weekend, I, I'm sure you guys both caught the fight. What's next for Misha Tate? Truth, you go first. I don't know. I mean, I don't think she, I don't think she needs to skyrocket up to the top right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little early yet. She was fighting a girl that was on her way out. So it's not like it was, you know, a top contender that she whooped her ass. And I mean, she, she took care of her, but it's not like she was, Misha Tate was dominating that whole fight. Right. Um, so, I mean, she's sitting at eight right now. Sorry, Chris nine, uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, give her, Even like a number five, like a Julia Pena, like that's, yeah. And she's is she's fighting um, ah uh, shit, I'm blanking hard again. This might be an edit. She's fighting Amanda, isn't she? Oh, I'm not sure. I yeah. think that is that who's fighting Amanda. Right. Next? I think. Hold on, because no, but because it's just t- your point still stands completely yeah. like yes. just somewhere someone in that top you know you, you don't want to get yeah. her number three she doesn't need a holly home yet like it's you know amanda's let fighting pena let her get warmed up a little bit yeah. so amanda's fighting pena okay. so here's a situation where your number four is fighting for the belt <laughs> last conversation but like that's the, like you know she is right there when you look at the rankings if misha's eight and the girl that's five is fighting for the title if pena loses maybe Misha fights Pena in three, four months. Yeah. Then there it is. You yeah. can fast track her. You can avoid her fighting Jermaine. You can avoid her fighting Holly because I think when she runs into those girls, she takes that loss. It's over. Dana wants yeah. to, and, and I apologize, ladies who listen for using the term. Dana wants to milk the Misha cow. You know, it's as close as he's going to get to a Ronda comeback in sense of a female fighter. And the ratings were fantastic last week. So, you know, Misha Tate still has a draw. Um, I, I like the Pena pick though. Truth, like to, I didn't want to cut you off. I just was just letting you know that Pena was fighting Nunez next. But that's that makes sense. Like it's that range. Yeah, you know, exactly. Just a, Irene just fight Yana, so it's like they just fought. Do you do that in three months? Maybe it's still in that kind of range too. If Pena loses, she's naturally going to drop. But Dana, I think, might end up wanting to get that Misha Tate Holly Holm fight on the books because that's the money. If you fast track her and she loses to Amanda Nunez, I just like, you know, that might be, I'm done. I tried. I failed. I'm done. It's a really weird one with Dana. Like, it's it's weird. Like, do you want to fast track her knowing that she's going to give you a draw for the title fight? Or do you want to like roll the dice, get that one fight in between and hope that she's the old Misha Tate? It's a weird one. It's a weird one. I think that's the top three she wants to avoid right now. The Holly Holmes, Jermaine, and Amanda Nunez. Oh, 100%. She wants to avoid those three right now. And I mean, not that she can't beat them, but just in case, you know what I mean? Get yourself at least one more warm-up fight. You've been off for five years, girl. Take your time. Like, it's all good. It's yeah. all good. You know what I mean? It's There's no need to rush back anytime. I mean, obviously, you're not getting any younger, and but she's excited right now, so she's into it. It's not like, you know, she's one and done. She said it in the, in the pre-press conference. Uh She's she's ready to go as long as everything goes good last Saturday night, which everything went well for. But she wanted to be the first to finish her off. She finished her off. Um, so as long as she feels good and, and and she can get back into training camp for something good next, sky's the limit. Straight up. Brew, how about you? What's next for? Um, man, I mean, like she's like True said, she's you know, she's in this for for the long haul. I think someone like who just took the loss, obviously Kuniskaya. Yeah. 
you know, at, obviously before her loss, she was on like a four and one, like four to five streak after the the cyborg sort of dismantling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like her. But she's at she's at number six. Um, yeah, I'm not too big on giving Misha like a top five yet, but you know, Kuniskaya six, then you got Vieira seven, and then Tate. So you know, maybe give her Kuniskaya. I think it's a good matchup too, and and you know. Does Kuniskaya let her sort of wrestler too? Because she's, you know, she's tough. And I'm not sure her degree of black belt in jujitsu, but, you know, she is known for sort of uh, being like a ground fighter. So that could be a real good matchup there, I think. Straight up, straight up. It's just nice to say who's got, who's Misha Tate got next? Who it's next for Misha Tate? And she proved herself, man. And like, like Truth said, she's, she's psyched right now. She's happy. Um, yeah. Smile on her face. Not trying to be a, a prude, looking beautiful as ever. Yeah. I think Dana needs to just figure out the right path for her. Talk to her, figure it out with her. Don't let this division kind of do its thing without Misha Tate being involved. I think it yeah. makes sense. I just hope that it's a successful three or four fights. I don't want this to be next fight she gets. Let's say Irene, and Irene shows what she just did. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, overweight, but you know oh. it's a different different conversation. You, you know what, too, bro? It's it's. I mean, it was back in oh god, like probably five years ago now. But uh, Tate did be Holly Holm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know she submitted her. So I mean, even you know looking at maybe one more fight and then going after Holly Holm. One thing about Misha Tate too, she's always been a draw. And mm-hmm. I hate I hate this sort of narrative just because of how good Amanda Nunes is. But her main events are some of the like lowest you know, buys in pay-per-view history in the USV. Yeah. I don't know why. You know what I mean? Maybe it's the, I don't know, because she does speak English. I always thought it was like the Brazilians with the... Okay, know, Stephen A. Smith. Barrier, but... Okay, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Mr. Well, Otani. I, I, I don't know that's what it is, but there's got to be a reason. It's maybe she doesn't draw that. The, I call them the Fairweather fans every show, but like, you know, it's... I don't see how she doesn't. But me Well, here's take... a question for you guys. Is, okay. is yeah. she too dominating? Yeah, there, you were going to actually make the point I was going to make. So it's the same thing with women's tennis. People tuned in to watch Serena until Serena took over. People were tuning in to watch Tiger Woods until Tiger Woods took over. Lewis Hamilton took over. Jimmy Johnson took over. I could list 101. Even hockey ratings dropped because Tampa was dominating. And for some reason in the American hockey market, what Tampa is doing with the salary cap is a big deal. They're saying like one in eight hockey fans didn't watch this year because of how the rules have changed. And I'm like, that's weird to me. I like, I didn't know that many Americans were even bothering to watch the sport that they could scale that many people out, but that was a thing. Yeah. So that's actually honestly truth. If, and I'm brew, I'm not speaking on your behalf, but yeah, yep. I think that is a big part of it that she is so dominating and Three isn't, and I don't mean to be, again, I don't mean to be approved. She's not a complete dime piece model. She's not the most, yeah. You know, the English thing is huge that she has that connection through the media, but she's not marketable in the same way that Rhonda, even Holly Holm, yeah. Misha Tate, you know, I, I hate to make that a thing, but that sells yeah. pay-per-views when it comes to female yeah. athletes. It's fucks, it's fucks with me. Yeah. Like somebody was just saying, um, more people watched the beach volleyball qualifier on CBC. Let me see. Hold on. I can find this because it was just, it was just recently. Hold on. More, yeah, more people watch the beach volleyball qualifier on CBC than watch all the WNBA games combined this month. Ooh. Yep. 
But it's it's that's it's, fucked it's, to me. It's the unfortunate side of it, but you know if Paige Van Zant was as dominant as Nunes, she'd be the biggest star. She'll she'd eclipse Ronda Rousey in in three fights. You know what I mean? But it's it's to put to your point too about the dominance thing. Like I I agree, but I don't because Anderson Silva ran through the UFC like it was nothing, and his ratings were probably the top ratings of all time in UFC. And that, that's you know just, I mean? that's the societal question yeah. that like I know uh, where you're getting say, to. I really, I really hate to say this, and this is not my opinion, but that, is that because he's a man? Yeah, that, that that's honestly, yeah, no, yeah, I, that's, I'm, I'm saying that's it, my that's, whole point. It's the societal yeah, that's question. That's why I brought up the Nunes thing. That's sort yep. of why I brought it up because. Yep. Like but then again, Ronda was so dominating too. So it's yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's the thing yeah. like Ronda's. You know, Ronda's beautiful, but Ronda's also not like top you know it's just it's yeah there's a sexism to be blunt a crudeness yeah. to be blunt like the, the 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 majority of the fan bases that are the majority i'm stuttering now because i'm trying to get the point out without getting myself canceled <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry for even bringing this up no this but, is a very know. good topic of conversation <laughs> yeah, because this is but yeah exactly if misha tate wasn't misha tate is this conversation even happening no and part of misha tate's aura is how beautiful she is there's nothing that we can do to avoid this conversation there's nothing we can do the fact that we're having it i think is great because a lot of people are avoiding the conversation and not putting that into what we're talking about earlier in the show. How do the rankings work? There's some handsome yeah. ass dudes at the top of the rankings that gets places <laughs> over some ugly ass dudes. It's the yeah. truth. Yeah. It's just yeah. the truth. And this is a business where marketing is actually number one. That's why Dana's monopolized it because he wants his fighters to make him money because he knows these fighters can go make a fuck ton of money doing whatever the hell they want to with their looks. So I actually love that question, Truth, because in all honesty, if I'm going to be completely blunt, it's because she is a lesbian woman from Brazil. Dog, I I, there's, I don't even want to make it that blunt, but that's what it is, man. It's it's yeah. it's such a strange conundrum, too, because I know the three of us would pay for Emmanuel Nunez before 90 to 95% of the men. I'm a huge Nunez Me man. too, bro. And, and to even branch out from that, give me Rose over Aljamain Sterling. Period. Like, that's not even a conversation. I'd rather watch Rose 10 times over than Aljamain Sterling. Not even a question. And Joanna at her prime. Oh, God, yes. And, you know, Valentina, she's kind of got that, like, robot type of thing to her. Mm -hmm. But Valentina has that rivalry with Amanda Nunez. You could try to, you know, this is a totally different conversation for a totally different day. (laughs) But that's where her appeal is in terms of a like. Because this Valentina is the same way. Like she is as dominating, if not more dominating, than Amanda Nunez in a strange way. The only reason why Amanda Nunez has the notch is because, right? It's hard to it's hard to yeah. put Valentina over Nunez. But yeah, you know, I, I see Valentina's stock rising. Nunez almost it feels like she hit the peak, and now it's just a matter of how many notches can she put on her legacy. It's not going to improve her brand. It's not. It's it's unfortunate is what I'm getting at because yeah, I'm a big fan of her too, well, truth. And it's a really good point. I'm glad that you brought it up. Fair. That's not fair yeah, at all. It's, it's not really fair, not fair. But I will say this too. It's 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 because I was what well, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they brought up this whole sort of Misha Tate, Amanda Nunes thing. To be fair too to Nunes, she's headlined a lot of big cards. The biggest card Misha Tate was on was UFC two hundred, which was already being sold as one of the top you know, overall cards of all time. So all time, yeah. I'm not saying, I don't think everyone was like, I'm tuning in to see Misha Tate. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't think all the buys were for her where 
these buys for Nunes are for Nunes. Do you know what I'm saying? That's, a, so that's it's not kind a of bad comparison. That's not a bad point because I think even Dana said um, when she won the two belts, for him personally, that was one of the greatest accomplishments for the sport because women's mixed martial arts wasn't even supposed to be a thing. And to have a woman be this dominant in the field was extraordinary. I think he's got two, he's got two, two fighters in his office. And I think one was Connor fighting Floyd and one was Amanda Nunez with the two belts. Like Dana sees her accomplishments on a personal level as something that he's proud of. And I think that that too, to an extent might limit Amanda Nunez because she knows that she doesn't have to do the extra shit. It's already being done for her. And it's being done for she her by her boss. That's it. That's what I'm saying, right? Time. That's right. what I'm saying. Dana will do the work yeah. for her, knowing that when it's time to perform, Amanda Nunez is going to give you 110%. Ronda had to do all the press. Ronda was doing all the commercials. Ronda was on the cover. Of the, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're not seeing Amanda Nunez doing that. And, and I was just saying, it's not, you know, it's not because, she, unfortunately, she's not marketable to most of the demographic of the people that watch the UFC. However... Um, she is still one of the most dominating fighters and still has value to the marketing. I think Dana has done a good job of maximizing the value of Amanda Nunez as much as he can, because unfortunately it's not that she doesn't have the skills to, it's just, it's not the market for her, for her. <laughs> I'm trying to, like I said, I'm trying to like say it without getting canceled. It's just, it's so, it's so unique, I well, guess, to, to not be day- rude. At the end of the day, it's the fight game, and she's the best fighter. That's it. It should be seen that way. Most dominant fighter. Look at all the double champs. You got Cormier, Connor, uh, Henry Cejudo. How many times did those guys defend both of those titles? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Nuna is still holding holding her belts proudly. Yep. And before I get canceled, everybody listening, (laughs) I brought that up just as a fact. You know what I mean? It wasn't, I'm not saying, why is she? She gets the lowest pay per views. It's just a fact. So, yeah, I love Amanda Nunes. I have her on my pound for pound list, so that was just me stating facts. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, they took the interim heavyweight title chant fight and put it above her. Like that mm-hmm. card in Houston, yeah. the conversation was going on about finally Amanda Nunez is headlining an arena with 20,000 people. She might actually break her pay-per-view record, and it's not high exactly, but, you know, this is what we're talking about. Now they had to be like, uh, let's put Cyril gone and boom. Now this thing is going to be through the roof, but she's not the headliner. A percentage of people are going to be paying to watch for her. It's the truth. But when they see you the number, she needs, boom, what's that? She needs to be the Colby Covington route. She needs to play that badass <sighs> prick. It's bitch too late that, now. Cause she's a mother. Like I, that's my point. It's too late a now. window to do it. Yeah. But she needs yeah. to be that that everybody pays to fucking see her get beat up and she just mm-hmm. destroys everybody. Yeah. But like that, because nobody's paying to watch her be the good girl. You yeah. Know what I mean, nobody gives a shit. Nobody you wants know, to see her lose. That's actually the, that's a very good point. Yeah. So I, it's, nobody actually does want to see her lose. Like I would not be mad to see Amanda Nunez just continue this dominance for the next four or five years. I wouldn't mind at all. It's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. Um, it's not boring to me but it might be to the vast majority of people. And, you know, I, I, that's, that's 
the perfect point truth like she may need that image change maybe that's what makes her more marketable where she but keeps- i think you're right though i think it's too late now i think it yeah, i think it is too she's she's always been the humble champ and now she's a mom mm. uh that's 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 a hard one for me to it's a hard sell big hard time sell. big but time it, i i agree she should be the headliner too but i do think the ufc has a history of the heavyweights being the kingpins you know yeah I mean? yeah even yeah. if it's no, they are the baddest like- men on the planet yeah, that's what I'm saying. So this, I, I do think it's warranted, but if you're going off history, she has to be the headliner. I would Stay love up. to see Derek Lewis pull out Anderson Silva. And, you know, he was supposed to be the headlining fight with Chavez Jr. And he was like, there's no way I can sit there in an event with Chavez Sr. and let him not be yeah. the headliner. So even, yeah. I even see Lewis or someone say that same thing. It would that be would be cool. Like, even if we're fighting last, mm-hmm. we'll move over on the poster. You know, and there's money in that, yeah. right? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and and you're right. That was I remember when Anderson Silva did that, and I think secretly Julio Cesar Chavez wanted him to win, and that's why when he was fighting his son, they kept put they kept panning yeah. over to his dad. He was just like, ah, oh, <laughs> what is yeah. my son doing? But you know, he was actually smiling behind his hand. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So let's get into this weekend, boys. There's really not a whole lot to talk about. It's kind of a bland card. I, uh, Brendan Shaw put it best. I love everybody fighting, but I don't know who they are. It was actually a really funny way of putting <laughs> it. Much. But to have Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw as the main event, it's I, I, to me, it's old school Dana. Put a bunch of no names on a card with possibly one of the fights of the year. Um, we talk about invisible rankings. When TJ came back, we didn't know how high Dana was going to prop him by giving him the guy who's literally one down from the guy who should still be champ if he wasn't such an idiot. Um, it really does put TJ Dillashaw into the mix. So I'll start with you, Truth. TJ beats Corey. Does he get the title shot? Me personally, I hope not. Me too. It's, <laughs> you know, I mean, just just because again, this is just the purest to me. It's like earn your way back up for a little while. You know, there's a lot of guys ahead of you right now. There's no need for him to skyrocket right to the title shot. Um, professionally, on the other hand, I could, I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of money in that story. You know what I mean? There's a lot of money in that redemption story, especially if he has a, a highlight outing against uh, Sanhagen. Yeah. If he yeah. has a highlight outing against Sanhagen, you're looking at uh, Michael Chandler 2.0. That's a good, that's a good point. And I've been saying to everybody like Sanhagen can lose this. He can lose this fight. And we've been talking about guys, not taking guys because of rankings, whatever else. Like this is, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Like this, the, he'll get a mulligan from Dana. I think on this one, if he loses to TJ, because that's, he's got that train behind him, right? TJ's in that invisible ranking wins. Bam. He's the number one contender. It's there. And I hate it that it's there because I fucking hate cheaters. But at the same time, the guy came clean from the jump. TJ Dillashaw was not the, oh, it was a tainted supplement. Oh, I was with a bad training partner. Oh, I didn't know that I was eating bad steak. No, no, TJ ate it two years. And I respect Dana for taking him back immediately. I mean, he owed him money. Uh, <laughs> it would have been an interesting little court case, but I, I like this matchup. And, and, you know, we were just jo- joking about Ariel at the start of the show. He, he picked him like two years ago to be the bantamweight champion by now. Obviously, if Sanhagen wins, he's next for the title shot. I don't give a shit what Peter Yan is saying. It's clear that, that, that that's not happening. Aljamain Sterling is not going to give him the fight. And for some reason, Dana is giving Aljamain Sterling the right of way. But there's no way that Dana is going to let Aljamain say no to Corey Sanhagen. So, Brew, mm-hmm. same question that I just gave to Truth. Is that on the table for TJ? 
again, like if, if he beats Sanhagen, does he jump everybody yeah. and is next in line? Um, I, I agree with truth on the fact that if he finishes them in, in spectacular fashion, yeah. Um, I do. I am the guy, man, that, that loves to give people chances. And like you said, he fessed up to it. He sat out for two years, then got an injury. So it's been way more than two years, you know? So I do think if he comes with a spectacular finish, I mean, the guy finished Hannon Brown twice, who was on like a 33 fight win streak before that fight, his first, their first match, he finished Cody, Cody Garbrandt twice, who at the time was never the guy that got finished. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he has come back. It is a long time to be off, but I think the difference with him to some other competitors is, is he ran through and was champ and, you know, he lost, he lost Suhudo. He got finished by Suhudo, but a lot of people got finished. By <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I and think that was at a different me, weight class as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think with being off for that long, if there's anyone that deserves it, I, the cheating part aside, because he he did his time. So it's, you know, Mike Tyson does what he does. He goes to jail. He gets out. He's not the same fighter, but he sort of stepped right into that mix. But one or two fights, you're back for the title. So, you know, I see it sort of how Dana Dana was kind of talking about that too. Yeah. He's like, yeah, if he finishes Sanhagen, Sanhagen, oh man, the way he's been run through guys, mm-hmm. and it, you know, but. It's I'm, I'm not giving my prediction, but I mean, yeah, I do think if TJ sort of just comes out and just goes gangbusters, that he deserves that title shot. I just that's my opinion. Straight up. And you said the magic word. Dun, 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 dun. Surprise oh. prediction time. <laughs> we, may as well, we may as well do it for this one. I'm actually kind I'm of pissed off we didn't do it for last. I'm, I'm pissed we didn't do it last. I didn't. I'm like, I, we should have did one last week because there were a few fights last week. And now that I'm looking back, I'm like, fuck. We could have did at least three, if not four, but for sure we have to predict this one. Um, I, I don't want to. I guess I'll do the wheel. I'll do the wheel again. This goddamn wheel. I don't know <laughs> why. I'm gonna be first. Gonna be this is my point, right? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting tired of the wheel, and because of the, with this one, it's so important because it's the only one, right? Uh, wheel picker. All right. What the fuck is this one? Whoa, this is a new one. Okay, well. What is this doing to me? What the fuck? Sorry, fellas. There we go. Okay. I think that should do it. This one's got advertisements. I think I picked the wrong page. (laughs) Goodness gracious. All right, it's rolling. I don't know who it's going to be. It stopped. I don't even. It's me. Oh, for once in a lifetime. (laughs) All right. And then the second one, if it's me, we'll see who's to my left. Bro. Which means that's my spot. That's my spot. Truth is picking last. So I freak me first. Okay. Well, (laughs) I have no facts, no figures, no real reasoning at all. Except for the fact that if I'm Corey Sanhagen, I'm a little bit pissed off. I've been busting my ass, doing it clean, knocking people out left and right. I argued I should have had the title shot last time, but you gave it to Sterling. I think that he's going to be in a mode that a guy like TJ Dillashaw coming back after so long, you could train, 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 train all you want, but ring rust is a thing. Mixed martial arts is different compared to a lot of different sports. You can spar in boxing. It's not the same as being in the ring, but you can spar with mixed martial arts and it's a heck of a lot closer, if you know what I mean. But 
Sanhagen has showed no signs of slowing down. And to once again quote my boy Ariel, he is the unclaimed champion of the bantamweight division. I think this is going to be a quick one. I think it's going to be Sanhagen, first round. I'm going to go knockout. I was going to say submission, but I'm going to go knockout. That's the thing with him, man. You just don't know. You just don't know. And I, I, I'm, I'm more confident in Corey Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw this week. So, Brew, you're next, my friend. Um, man. Yeah, I won't be as long-winded as usual with my <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was a long-winded one with my one this time, yeah, but I said so I, I had no – <laughs> I always give my full analysis like we're doing like a preview and prediction show. But I, I will say just to go on your point about the, the Sterling thing, it, it was almost a year ago to today. It was like, a, you know, a year and like a month that Sterling actually finished uh, Sandhagen. So wow. you know, I, I do. I would put him ahead of him at the time. for the Oh, yeah. Jan. But I do. So, man, this this is why I screwed up last time because I did really well in the first event. Then I went with my heart for the second. I got to go with my heart again, bro. And I'm going to take Dillashaw. Um, you're, you're right. Ring rust is a thing. hundred percent. I think he's one of those guys though. Like Gaethje that when you watch them train, it's like they're murderers when they're in their sparring, they're not sparring. They're not going 80%. They're trying to kill dudes. So I think I'm going to pick Dillashaw uh, by unanimous decision. Okay. Five rounder, five rounder. All right. So, truth. How about you, brother? These are, just, these, these are just bonus points, right? This isn't official. Is it, is it? Yes, this is a real one. It's a real point. <laughs> hey, man, we might all get shut out on this one. That's the whole point. Like, that's the fun about these bonus points is we might all just completely shut out. And they never happened. <laughs> I'm just going to go. I'm going to go with the feel-good fairy tale story. TJ Dillashaw, you know, he's he's killing shit. He's, he's you know, he's murking it. He's winning titles. He takes the chance dropping down so much more weight, you know what I mean? It kills his body. So he gets on a little bit of EPOs to help him recover and help him heal up or whatever. He gets busted. And you're right. He eats it. He takes it like a man 110%. He goes through all of his shit. You know, his time has come, has gone, served. I'm going to say TJ Dillashaw comes back with a vengeance. First round KO. Oh, <laughs> I love the pick to be honest. We got we got that's, two that's, that's two first rounders, right two first round knockouts on either end. So I'm riding Team Sandhagen this weekend. The yeah. boys are both taking TJ Dillashaw on opposite ends on the pick table. We got Truth yeah. taking the first round knockout. We've got Brew going with the five round decision. Unanimous or split, Brew? I'm sorry, I meant to ask the follow up. I said, I said unanimous. You did say unanimous. I, I apologize. Yeah. That's my deaf I ass did. not not hearing. No, no, it's all good. Unanimous. I did want to pick a knockout. I think it. I. <laughs> If I'm betting money, I think it's going to end in a knockout at somewhere. Mm. But I, for some reason, I like to th- go against what I think you guys are going to pick. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> point. So I, I hope it goes decision, but I don't know if it will. See what happened last time with that. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here like, I'm just taking all the shit that I think is really going to happen. <laughs> that everybody think is going to end. I'm just playing, man. I'm just yeah. playing. It is kind of funny, though, looking back. We were talking about this before, uh, and we're going to get into money in the bank here in a minute but looking back and listening back to predictions that we've made and then like seeing if that came true in some way shape or form you know it's fun to do these things you know for that but in terms of gambling like it's a scary 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 subject and if i am a gambling man i think that is probably it's better money i think for tj dillashaw if i'm not mistaken to win all around the knockout just has that like 
feel yeah. first three round type thing is, is probably something I would bet on personally too, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. I'm team Sanhagen and I have a lot of money on him this weekend. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think I'm, it's going to be one of the fights of the year. I honestly do think it's gonna be one of the fights it's, of the year, even if it's, it's not one of the fights of the year. Um, that division is in kind of a flux right now with those top two, just kind of bickering yeah. and arguing and going on and with yeah. everybody trying to get the fight with Peter Yan, because you know, that puts you right there too. Right. Cause yeah. you know, Sterling is yeah. taking his time as he should. Yeah. But uh, I think, you know I think, I think, I think we all agree in a, in a weird sense that even if we don't agree that he should get the title shot, um, the winner of this is probably fighting for the title next. Yeah. I, to down, I guess not to downplay it either, but sort of the reason I probably went for the decision is for the Fairweather fans that don't know, these two guys have a really awkward style. You know what I mean? So Sanag is so tall and he has such a reach advantage. And Dillashaw almost is like a Dominic Cruz in the way, like he just doesn't stop moving. You know what I mean? So he's hard to hit. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like, you know, taking my just my prediction away from it, but it's it, I think it's going to, it might take a couple rounds for these guys to get used to each other. Or that's a good point. they're that's both good bangers point. too. So it could be a first. That's, you know, that's where the Henry Tudo fight mine. Yeah, yeah that's a good sure. point. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's where I'm, I'm with Sandhagen maybe thinking mm-hmm. with TJ being back to the ring wrestling with TJ being gone for a while. If I let him get comfortable, that completely increases his chances of winning the fight. That said, TJ yeah. being a good disciplined fighter that he is Sandhagen could get caught with his chin loose. Or with a limb loose, you know, both these guys are accessible in all ways. And that's what makes this fight so exciting is that it is difficult to predict. Yeah. It could be yeah. a feeler outer, like you said, literally, mm-hmm. because yeah. with TJ gone for two plus though. years, but that's, <laughs> but this is the thing with, with TJ gone, being gone for two plus years, I'm talking about ring rust. Mm-hmm. It's not a sport where you scout per se, but there is more of a mystery of what TJ is going to be coming in with stylistically. Yeah as opposed to what Sanhagen will be coming in with stylistically on TJ's end. So yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of funny because a, a friend of mine said that this is really like a, a chocolate vanilla matchup. There's really not a whole lot, but the, that's the difference with their styles. It could create a storm that ends in the first round. And I, that's just where I'm at. Yeah. But you know, you, you make a point brew. If Sanhagen wants to feel out Dillashaw, there's more of a chance it's going to go to a decision because I think D- Dillashaw's just got to kind of wobble around. TJ's comfortable on the outside. Sanhagen is a little bit more reserved on the outside. So like that right there alone is a complete matchup opposite. And, and it might, mm-hmm. might prolong the match. I'm looking forward to it. And, and it yeah. would have been really cool to see this part of the corner card, but you know, mm-hmm. like those guys were saying, this is how Dana gets his exposures to his undercard fighter. So all right, fellas, before we lock in for the evening, we haven't talked a lot of wrestling recently. And Money in the Bank was crazy, man. Fans are back. Fans are back. Money, 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 money. <laughs> fans, fans are back. Literally, like, you know, it's not even so much just Money in the Bank. Like, Money in the Bank obviously was, you know, Sunday main event of the weekend. But, man, Friday night SmackDown, even Monday night Raw, full of surprises, full of twists, full of turns. I don't even know where to begin. I, I would honestly want to begin on Friday with Finn Balor coming out, but it's not really that big of a deal to the, most of the people listening to us. That being said, truth, um, that kind of came out of left field to me. I knew he was coming back soon, but I didn't think it was going to be so soon. What do you think the idea is with Finn? Is he going to be a mid-card guy, or are they going to get that push he deserves? 
I, I want to see the push he deserves, obviously, but I'm already worried because they're already tweaking a little bit from the Prince character that he had in NXT. So it's like he's already starting to revert back to the old Finn Balor he was before he even left. And it's, I don't really like that too much. I was liking this Prince thing he's doing. He's still doing the finger pointing gun thing right now. So I'm kind of happy about that a little bit. Um, but again, it's been one week, so I can't really say too much yet. We'll find out in the coming weeks to see what's going to happen. But already I'm seeing signs of like, mm-hmm. uh, same thing with the, I don't know if you're probably going to get to this, I guess, but the same thing with the carrying cross. It's like, I'm already seeing signs. Yeah. Like, uh, I was going to bring that up. That was the Monday Night Raw surprise call up carrying cross, belts around his waist, no scarlet. Jeff Hardy, oh, no, Scarlett, he's bumped he's to like syncing his own lyrics on the way. Oh, down. it was That's so weird, oh, man. I didn't even notice that the first time, but the second time I was like, he really is lip syncing the lyrics. Like, it's like he's lonely out there. Like, I need my lady. <laughs> Where's my lady? I oh, hate that, doesn't man. Work. It doesn't oh. work. You need the camera cut with her hopping in the ring and then him standing up behind her all brought up. Like, it's that's the whole act, man. Why he got rid of that? I don't know, man. I don't know. Why would they even do it at this point is my thing. Like, I know the fans are there. Is he a draw? You just got rid of some of his draw by doing this. Like, you didn't put him over in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Like, and I sent them the I sent the message in the in the group chat there when you were saying whatever, and I was like, I think this is Vince. Like, well, we can't have him win because he's NXT. You can't have an NXT guy win. And now the whole internet is a buzz about this. And apparently, yeah. all of the NXT guys are the same way, and they're all like, mm. so fuck us, right? I mean, like you're just gonna have this. You know what I mean? But it's- Rhea lost. Keith Lee lost on Monday. Like, you know, obviously Rhea had the belt, so it would be kind of contradictory to say that he's Trump. But I mean, Charlotte, and then to have Nikki take it off of Charlotte the next night with help from Rhea. Like I know Nikki's an NXT alum too, and actually did great in NXT, but not that great in NXT. She's probably more known for her WWE run right now. She's done great to create her character. Nikki Cross was, that was fantastic. Her best character though, insanity. Oh, hundred percent. Her and her husband. Crazy. Yeah, man. That was, yeah. that was the shit. And they did a very good job of bringing that to WWE at first. She was written in well. And, and I liked her partnership with Alexa bliss. They're missing something here, man. Her winning the belt was great, but they're missing something here. They're missing. I don't know what it is. The surprise is the twists and turns. I have to give them credit. It was nice. Keep us on our toes. Not being so predictable. It was fantastic. But yeah, the carrying cross thing was just like, what's the point? Where is it going? What's it doing? And Brew, of the three of us, you're kind of like getting right back into it now. Mm-hmm. And you've been watching NXT a lot over the last few weeks, trying to catch up, trying to get to know all these people, blah, 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 blah. What are your thoughts, I guess, on that literal action by Vince? Like, let's put these NXT people up just to bury them. Like, does this make any sense to you? I know Truth will probably cut in with some facts on us. Like, you guys are just talking shit. Yeah. But, like, like <laughs> from, from somebody who's, like, new watching, like, does this draw, like, did this, does this draw you away from NXT in a, in a sense? Um, it doesn't draw me away from NXT. I, I've been loving the shows, to be honest. I, I even um, been going back and watch like some former shows before I started actually watching the live ones. But yeah, it doesn't draw me away from NXT. But I, you guys saw the message I sent you guys. Like, what WTF? Like, what the hell, man? You're bringing this guy up and you did him like that. I thought it was dirty. I don't know if it's a message sent by Vince, but a lot of, I guess, WWE Twitter has been saying that like, almost like he's trying to like send a lesson almost, or I guess give him a lesson. So I don't know. We'll see where it goes from here. You know, does he, does he ignite this feud with Hardy? Like he said in his, his post fight interview, the post match interview, you know, 
I, I don't know. I, yeah, it doesn't definitely doesn't draw me away from uh, from NXT. NXT. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him back in the big show. To be honest, straight up, it's so weird, yeah. man. Like I just there's truth has been joking. Like what happened with Cross? What do you mean? What are you talking about? Nothing. Like I I know like I know what you're saying. Like it just. The whole con happened. I don't it know just, what you're talking about. It doesn't make sense. And for it to be Jeff Hardy of all people who has been taking all the L's in the world, he's been on main event. Like it seems like he's literally just kind of being written out of his contract. They gave him his last title um last year that was in his contract. He had one more title he had written into his contract. They gave it to him for what, like a month? Mm-hmm. Truth? Like, was it even a month? Like something like that, yeah. Yeah, like this is weird. But that being said, now that the dust is settled for a few days. I'm fucking happy as shit for Jeff Hardy. All the shit he's gone through, all the bumps he's taken, all the stars he's put over, and all the shit he's dealt with from that company, from them putting his alcoholism in the storyline to him losing to guys that actually don't end up staying with the company much longer. He's in a storyline with one of the hottest stars in pro wrestling right now. I'm actually kind of happy for him. So when you look at the, like the whole silver lining of things, it fucking sucks that they did cross like that, but I'm happy as hell for Jeff Hardy in a weird way. Even if he gets squashed to shit for the rest of this storyline, the beginning of the cross potential legendary story that we thought was going to end up being like a Brock Lesnar-esque squashing everybody type shit, it may have started with the legend Jeff Hardy notching him down one. And I think it's kind of cool. I know that sounds crazy, but I've, I've, I've sat on it and I think about it. Yeah. My issue has nothing to do with Jeff Hardy or even the fact that he lost. It's the fact that it's 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 like an overall it's like an overall fact. So it's like mm. they spend all this time. So NXT is supposed to be their developmental system, right? So this is where they develop their superstars to get ready for TV. So what's the point of spending all this time and developing these superstars in NXT mm. to a point that we are in love with them? We love watching Aleister Black in main events. We loved watching Finn Balor return and do this. You know what I mean? And these guys get called up to the main roster and they completely switch it up. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that whatsoever. And then you completely take away all of the things that we love about these characters. So right now, like, I don't like, again, he's only been back for a week, but Finn Balor, are you taking away this Prince thing from him? Are you mm-hmm. just going to make him Finn Balor again? It's going to be the Balor club all over again. I don't know. I'm not really, you know what I mean? So what was the point of building up all this Prince shit for the last year and a half or however long it's been? Same thing with Karrion Cross. He spent all this time building them up as this, beast this manslayer you know what i mean you got this sexy wife with him that does this iconic ring entrance and gets you hyped up and ready to go and to just completely take all that away on the main roster like i what what is the point of that that's what pisses me off as a fan that's that invests my time watching this product and and you know invest my uh i don't want to say feelings but invest my emotions into these characters Mm -hmm. only to just to have it ripped away like it's nothing and i tell people Sorry, brother. I I tell people all the time, that's why AEW is blowing up. That's why AEW is popular. And that's why they may pick up two of the biggest names in the industry over the next couple of weeks. If the rumors are true, <sighs> I hope they're true. And the only reason I hope they're true is because the more AEW actually legitimizes themselves with their roster, maybe the WWE will act. People say WWE don't act because they have a monopoly on the industry. They don't have to act. They can just do what they want. And people are still going to watch. Well, you know what? You might get to a point where people aren't going to watch anymore. And there are people that I have read over the last couple of days who said after what happened with Karrion Cross, and after what happened with Rhea through Charlotte to Nikki, 
they're not watching anymore. And I love the latter twist, but the former twist I get where people can be frustrated. You have to emphasize one way or the other if NXT is your developmental brand or not. What they have done is they've put NXT on par. And it started with the takeover element before COVID happened. When all those guys came over, the invasion, remember like the the the, the faux-vasion is what they called it, when all the NXT stars came over to Raw and SmackDown were beating people up. They did the Survivor Series angle with it. It was awesome. And it grew those stars. They took some of those stars, brought them up. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. It happens. But the next generation and the generation after that, they should have been more solidified. Why? You took NXT off the network, you put it on broadcast. So now you've got literally the exact same platform for both your main brand, main show, main roster structures with this quote unquote development. So you've created these characters in NXT that have dominating auras that have fan uh, it's, it's different with NXT with the fans because it's such a small base. It's like almost theater style, right? That you don't get that huge, like how is 15 to 20,000 people going to react to this, but because well, we're in the, the social media, like that. well, that's the thing. So when you do the takeovers in the bigger arenas and you see those fan reactions, it's like, okay, this guy, there, this girl is ready for 15, 20,000 people for sure. But on the contrary to that, but not really contrary, I guess on the same track as that because of social media, Vince and them get our reactions. Why are they ignoring it? Because yeah, there's that's what I don't get. It, they're I mean, literally I mean, it's, Bru, they're ignoring it. Yeah, and I mean, bro, you're just getting back into this now. So I mean, if you got a pen and paper here, here's what <laughs> I want to look at. Like seriously yeah. though, like if you go back and look at Sasha Banks versus uh, Bailey one and two at NXT Takeover Brooklyn one and two, those matches were absolutely incredible. And then you see what they do in the main roster, and it's just not quite the same. It's just not quite there. You see Aleister Black's debut against Velveteen Dream, and it's like, uh, oh, the story they told. The whole story about it was Velveteen Dream was trying to get Aleister Black to say his name. That's it. That's all it was. And he would not say his name. He would not say his name. And after an incredible match at NXT Takeover, he finally said, "Welcome to Infantine, or uh, welcome to Infantine, Velveteen." And everybody just stood up and clapped and freaked. You know what I mean? The story was told. Um, same thing with um, oh, Shinsuke man. Nakamura's debut. Oh, uh, bro! Incredible. It's like my God, this is. Uh, and then he gets to the main roster, and it's just not quite the same. He just doesn't. I don't know what it is. I don't know what Triple H is doing down there that he's able to get this shit going so well that compared to what Vince is doing, it just doesn't. It doesn't add up, not even a little bit. My grandfather asked this question the other day. It was a rhetorical question, but it was a legitimate question. Who has moved up from NXT in the last five years and has been unconditionally successful? on par with what they were doing in NXT. And the only one he could think of was Oscar. There's nobody else. Everybody that's, that uh, moves. That's like the last one. You think so? Realistically. Yeah, Asta was number one in NXT. She was undefeated. She was the monster. Nobody could beat her. Every single match that she had was so anticipated because we're all we're out at fan thinking, is this it? Is this finally the match? And then somehow at the very end, she finds a way to win. As soon as she got up to the main roster and lost to Charlotte, all that mystique is gone. She's just another superstar. But she was still in the mix since, if you know what I'm saying, right? Like there's Oscar's still always Someone. right, right? And, and I saw where my grandfather Charlotte's was. Charlotte's really the only one that's came up and 
Yeah, but she was more than she was more than five years ago, though, right? This is this was the point of my grandfather's question. Like in the last, oh, five you said years, in the last five years since NXT has really boomed. Like post Samoa Joe, post Kevin Owens, like that generation. Who? And I, I'm only just getting into it the last two to three years myself. So I'm only really learning about these guys, but I'm going back and watching. I'm seeing how incredible they're performing in NXT 2015, 2016, 2017. They're not the same when they get to WWE, like you said. Who? There's nobody. Why? It's such a question that the fans all ask, but the main brand refuses to answer. They don't have to answer it, but the ratings have diminished to a point now where AEW are literally competing with them every single day show and that shouldn't be a thing there's no reason a brand new wrestling entity that's now about two years old should be able to still compete it shouldn't be this way it, they're just not the listening the only to one i could say is drew mcintyre but it's hard for me to say that because he was in wwe before he left and then came back and then came season. back yeah they had to completely switch him like he was the baby the complete like clean well, face baby face heel he was like the weirdest like he thought he was, he was the, the good guy. One. Yeah, he thought he was the good guy, but the fans all fucking hated him. And he got a couple belts around his waist, if I'm not mistaken, before he left. But yeah, like you said, he had to come back and, you know, redevelop, I guess. Like, that's the thing. Like, Vince is not making money off the main roster, so he had to make his money off of NXT. And now he's realized that he's got two shows on network that are failing miserably because the show that you had on your network not on USA, not on Fox, is more successful, has a more stable fan base, and more people enjoy. It's just simple and plain. Like, when I started watching wrestling again two, two and a half, three years ago, when my grandfather would watch NXT, I was so hooked because it was new, it was different, it was unique. Everybody had a characterism. The heels had, like, this raw kind of feel to them. Like, it wasn't a forced persona. It was who they were when they were on the indie circuit on NXT. It's like you said, truth. Why would they take that and then mix it up once they get to the main roster when it was clearly successful when they were an indie wrestler and Vince or Vince, sorry, um, Hunter and Sean are seeing something in these guys that they want to have them on this developmental brand and they just take over. Like um, I'm Champa. I hope he never goes Adam Cole. I hope he never goes. Johnny Gargano, I hope he never goes. I really do. But when I started watching two, three years ago, the first thought in my head was, oh, man, I can't wait to see Johnny Gargano on SmackDown. I can't wait to see Champa on Raw. And now that I see what's happening, fuck Vince, man. Fuck Vince. I'm trying to think of who it was. I think that's when Aleister Black and Ricochet came up, and that's the same time Gargano and Champa came up, too, if I'm not mistaken. And just as fast you see Gargano and Ciampa go right back to NXT and they're like, fuck that. We don't want nothing to do with this shit. We want to stay here at home mm-hmm. and get paid a good paycheck and, you know, relax and, and, you know, do good wrestling, not sports entertainment. We're going to do good yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I, that's why I'm, clap, I'm clap, 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 clap. That's why I'm still pissed off that they did Keith Lee like that, man. Like they put the yeah. two belts on him in NXT. He was the double champ. It was and just he, last year, bro. It's which is crazy to say. Like, I know, like, he should still be in NXT feuding, maybe even with fucking Karrion Cross. But whatever, man. Ugh. Fuck, what else happened what the other day? What else? Oh, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> you know what else happened? I completely forgot. 
them trumpets came back. I was so oh, yeah? fucking stoked, man. Oh yeah, yeah, we couldn't see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We couldn't we couldn't see him. We couldn't <laughs> see him. <laughs> I, I hate that shit so I'm sorry. The family jokes was what was funny. His family abandoned him, so he's back to WWE. <laughs> His acting was so bad in the Fast and the Furious. Um, so for, for you, Brew, I guess it's good good to uh, start with you with this question. Like you, like me, watched wrestling a decade ago when anytime a legend came back. We used to get hyped like we loved that shit then. But now it's getting to a point where it's like it's the same legends that we were getting hyped to see coming back then, coming back now. Goldberg. (laughs) It's like this shit doesn't make sense. But in John Cena's sense, it's it's like it's it's so his crossover appeal, everything else. You know, you're just getting back into it. This whole Roman Reigns head of the table storyline. It's looking like that's where it's going. You know, he did the whole thing on Raw the other night, and then people were like, well, maybe he's going to take on Lashley. That didn't last very long. Um, I guess, what's your take on Legends coming back, Brew? And in Cena's case, I was like, are you hyped, or are you just like, uh, as somebody who's just getting back into it? Uh, honestly, for me, bro, it's, it's it, it brings me more hype to want to watch. Only because I know, so a lot of the, a lot of the names that are the, you know, the stars now, or the, maybe the, some of the younger guys coming up and girls, it's like, I know their names because I, you know, I, I have sports apps. I was, I've been reading up on it. I just haven't watched. So these legends come back. It, it gets me a little bit more hyped, to be honest. And I like seeing, you know, the, the Roman Reigns of the world and, you know, these dominating wrestlers fight these older guys. And obviously they're older, but they are superstars. So I wouldn't say I'm a Fairweather fan. I am. I was a wrestling lover that just came back into it. So that's going to draw me in. And, and I think people like me. So I think it's smart on the WWE's part for, you know, they're not going to come back and stay for years. It's, you know, a couple of matches here and there, but yeah, it, it did draw me. And even, even with edge, like a couple weeks ago, coming back and making that appearance, I was like, Oh bro, like edge. I think I was posting our, our thing. I was like, so yeah, it, it gets me hyped. You know, that's, that's what and my I don't know so much. I don't know. I was just going to say, I don't know so much about, you know, Roman Reigns and the cousins. And I got to watch the Usos when the, when the titles too, and as a like newer sort of hardcore fan again, I, I mean, you guys know more than me, but it's a question I pose to you guys if I was doing an interview. Like now, with Roman Reigns being such that dominant guy, does he sort of get jealous now that they're title guys? Is he going to, you know, does that they, turn him on the, the cousins? Like, I don't know. That's something I just think of as, as watching as a new guy, but. Like, what is your guys' take on that, do you think? I kind of like that, because that was one of the things, because I was just going to say, what did I, what else am I missing from the show? And that was the first note I was going to bring up, was the Usos winning the title over the Mysterios. Yeah, yeah like, Roman kind of set that whole thing up with the hug, and, like, you know, the contention was there. I actually thought that maybe they were going to break that up now. You know, the Hurt business got breaking up way sooner than it should have. I thought they might have yeah. done this with the Usos, with Roman because Roman can do it on his own with Paul Heyman. You could have the Usos internal beefing, but I like them putting the belts around their waist. Like I I've always been a fan of the dominant faction or the dominant pseudo faction and brew. You're just missing the undisputed era, bro. There was so much fun watching these guys over the last few years, dog. So much fun. And I hated them. And me, truth, you and I talked about how much I couldn't stand Adam Cole, but that he was doing his job. That's my man. Right, like that's my man, like I, they're just my man like that. I know, but this is my point, right? Like there's, <laughs> there's something about hating somebody so much that you can appreciate that they're doing their job right. 
And I want to see where the Usos go with this for sure. I think it's going to continue as the Mysterio Usos. Like they're not, that program's not going anywhere. I don't think Um, Vince loves Dominic. Dominic has done his thing. He deserves to go on tour for a few months to have fans embrace him, him and his dad together. I think it's a great story. Even if they get their asses kicked by the Usos at every house show, like just, I, I think that's the feud beyond that. I don't know what's going to happen. I think brew that's where your theory comes into play. Truth. Maybe you have more of an opinion on that than me, but I think that there's not a lot in any tag team division, honestly, all over wrestling for anybody to have a long reign. I think that maybe just maybe the Usos do go on a bit of a run and maybe they get a main event one night and Roman's fighting in the second. Like there are ways to make a jealousy angle where the champ is actually jealous of his cousins in a weird way. Like the only reason you guys are even here is because I hugged you or or something stupid. Like there's a way to do it. Um, Now truth again, like I want you to cut me off and tell me if I'm wrong here. Another buddy of mine said that they're not going anywhere till the end. He thinks that, if the rock is going to beat Roman reigns, he may have to overcome all three of them to like, get to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's I, not gonna happen. I, there you go. That's See, I, I want you to, I want you to give me that. I'll tell you exactly why right now is because Hollywood won't allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. They, they're barely allowing him right now to wrestle Roman reigns as it is. So one of the rumors right now is that if Hollywood does not agree to the extent of, you know, Roman versus rock WrestleMania 38, it would be Roman and an Uso versus Rock versus, and an Uso. That's exactly so what I was going to bring up. So I'm glad you brought it up. But for him to go through everybody, for him to take on an Uso, Uso, that's three matches that Hollywood already only barely wants one. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And Hollywood's got a lot more money in the Rock right now than Vince McMahon ever will. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. so that's that's an investment that they're not willing to make whatsoever. So it's it's going to be a one and done with the rock. If it's not like I'm sure he'll make appearances and stuff like that. But when it comes to a major match, he's not going to run a program where he's running through all the Usos and then finally gets the Roman. Yeah, like that's just logistically and storyline wise. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was that uh, the, yeah, no, go ahead. the tag team note. I'm glad you brought that up because that was a note I brought up to my grandfather. And he said to me, well, shit, Chris, that's how you get Rikishi in the mix. I said, yes, puppy. As much as we really don't want to see that, you could get Rikishi in the mix in some way, shape, or form, where Rikishi's a partner with one of the Usos, squashed completely. That Uso is weak. Whoever is partnered with with Roman looks strong. Let's just say it's Jimmy for fun. And then if you're Samel, bam, there's your pop. There's your complete pop. It sounds so crazy to talk about Rikishi in 2021, but it's a way you could literally bridge. You could could bridge the storyline for a month. Like you could do that way where it's just like, you know, you know that Roman and. No, it's not a crazy idea, but I think it's literally just going to book down to Roman beating everybody that he possibly can. Like right now, he's obviously he's going to run through John Cena. There's no, yeah. there's no question in my mind about yeah. that. Yeah, everybody's saying that Cena's going to break the record now. I said, no. If he breaks the record now, he has no reason to come back. Exactly. Vince exactly. has got him for like, one more run. I think he does. I think he does. I think he does. I think he does. It's uh, it, it, it comes down to Roman just setting up this story. So he's going to run through everybody he possibly can. He runs through them all. He finally stands up again. Uh, Money in the bank. He said, now you, the whole world has to acknowledge me. Then John Cena comes out. You see him make that 
look at you know their face. Yeah, the same thing. And they're going, "Who's left? I beat them all. I beat blah blah blah." And then as soon as he says, "If you smell," and there comes Big Cousin Rock. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. that's where that story's going. But there's one thing I will say about the Usos and Roman Reigns. There was one line that Roman dropped when they won the titles in the pre-show. They were backstage chit-chatting. And Roman was looking at him, blah, blah. And the Usos go, here, you, we got these for you. We got these for you. And they try to hand him the titles. Roman just looks at him. He goes, no, you guys hold on to them for me for now. So what does that mean? That little bit of wordplay. So does that mean at some point the Usos are going to lose and Roman's going to be like, no, you can't lose. Those are my belts. Mm-hmm. They gave them to me. They were just holding on to them for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's little, just little lines like that that they drop that makes me question things and where they're going to go. So we'll just see what happens in the future. I'll leave that out there. I love that. That's wonderfully, wonderfully summarized. Like I said, I can only, I can only do so much, man. Truth, truth puts me back on track with the wrestling talk, man. Cause that is a feud that no matter how long it lasts, whether it's, I guess, WrestleMania is April. Um, I, but I mean, they may even, it's, it's so crazy. Cause we were talking about that last, like the last year now, like Hollywood wins the next blah, 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 blah. It's not even a matter of that anymore. It's just a matter of timing. Now it seems and it could be any time because there were a lot of people that weren't predicting Cena even coming back until after SummerSlam. So um, I guess real quick, fellas, to, to finish off the evening, I didn't want to talk about it. I brought him up already earlier, but to, to kind of put the cap on things, we did Finn Balor on Friday. Sunday was John Cena. So Monday, Bill. Ugh. I mean, it was kind of cool, the Keith Lee angle. I think I called it. I don't know if I called it with you guys, but I definitely called it on Twitter. There was something about them just being in Texas, Keith being gone for a while, fans. State. I, yeah, I, I just was thinking to myself, like, you know what? If, if there's a surprise, that's not Goldberg, because they were advertising that there was an additional surprise and that it wasn't carrying Cross. The only person that came to mind, if it wasn't Becky Lynch, was Keith Lee. So I threw it out and it ended up hitting, and I looked like Nostradamus again. But following the match, uh, I heard, a, I heard a chair creaking because that's literally like how I feel. Like, <laughs> why are we doing this again? And the thing is, is it's unpredictable because the Fiend match, like everything, like, it's just, I've said to you guys already, and I've said this to other people, I've said this to my grandfather, and I'm repeating myself now again. I felt like the Goldberg-Drew McIntyre match would have been a nice, not closure on Goldberg's career, but Bill, go away for a couple fucking years and then come back and finish off your career. This doesn't even feel like a retirement match. You know he's coming back again after this feud is over because it's not that, you know, legend versus legend. I know that's how Goldberg's career is going to end. I said this to my grandfather. Maybe it's Triple H. Who knows? But this feels like, oh, I'm back again and I'm going to piss all you off. And I might even win the belt. I don't know if that's going to happen. But they tried to put Drew over through Bill, and now look where Drew is, dealing with Jinder Mahal. Might Vince fuck up Bobby Lashley's push? Brew, you're new, and this is kind of new, so, like, you know, it's fresh for you. I guess what's your take on Lashley's title reign and now Goldberg being in the mix? Um, I I mean, he just – I mean, Lashley's a beast. You know, as sort of someone getting back into it, um, I do like the sort of the bigger – you know, like this, the, the Brock Lesnar's like the big, big body heavyweight dudes. You know what I mean? And so the Keith Lee match, I thought, to be honest, I thought their chemistry in there was like dope. I, you know what I mean? Um, it was one of my favorite, sort of favorite matches, you know, 
to, to watch. I think, you know, I don't know much about, about Lassie's reign. I, I did think they had some good chemistry. Um, I thought, and I could be wrong on this, I don't know Lassie's full history, but I did find it funny how Goldberg came out, but uh, Lassie speared Lee twice. I don't know if, if Lassie's a regular spear guy, is he? Yes, he is. Yes. Okay, okay. I st- yeah, I still sort of, I caught, because we all were kind of saying like, oh, you know, Goldberg and da-da-da. Then I saw him spear him, then spear him at the end of the match, and then three minutes later, Goldberg was coming out. So I, you know, as someone that didn't realize he did, I thought that was pretty cool. The spear um, versus spear versus spear versus spear. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. yeah, and it honestly, that is what it's going to be. Bobby might yeah, spear 100%. Goldberg first, and then Goldberg might not get affected by Bobby's spear as much as well, he thought. Land one on Bobby. Back up. Yeah, and right. Like he's gonna give him the eyes, uh, and he's gonna spare him, and he's gonna get up. The thing is, yeah. Brew, the last couple of times that Goldberg has fought, like even against the Fiend, like it was only a five minute match. Like they're five minute matches. I tell people yeah, this all the time. Entrances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I say this to people like it, memories are short, and I think I even said this to you, Truth, and you disagreed with me at first, but you agreed after the fact. Goldberg Drew was a good match for all that Drew or sorry, for all that Bill could offer, it's told a story. They both got a little bit of action in. The match ended as it should have with McIntyre winning instead of fucking Goldberg winning. And they did a little moment at the end where they respected one another. Like, I just, this to me is milking a cow that's skinnier than my ass. Literally. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Nobody wants this. But, and my buddy said this, and I fucking hate it because he's right. Chris, man. They didn't pipe that noise and go watch the videos on YouTube. So I did. And every phone video, camera video of Goldberg coming out, the cheers were there. This guy, for some reason, draws a live crowd. And the people that go to the fucking shit love him. I don't get it. So a buddy of mine made a good point. Chris, you paid all this money to go to a WWE event and Goldberg comes out. Are you really going to boo him? I thought for a second, I said, well, yeah, shit, I've never seen Goldberg before. I might not boo him. I might not cheer him, but I'm going to be like, oh, shit, that's Goldberg. Yo, yo, that's Goldberg. And that's why Vince you is will cheer him. him. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You will. Cheer you will. Him. You will yeah. cheer him. Like You will be doing the same Goldberg face him. when you said that. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's a conundrum that you don't think about. Until you really look at the opposite end of things. Like people are so set in their ways when it comes to fandom that they don't want to look at the other end. When you can actually look at the other end, you see where Vince actually might be coming from with bringing Bill back over and over again for these feuds that nobody wants him to be a part of. But the ticket goer for the atmosphere, it might not look good on TV, but Drew versus Bill got a great rating by the people in person. And that's facts. I'll say this. Yeah. When I was at WrestleMania 35 weekend, <laughs> I'm just I'm just like you. I'm just a normal fan. But when that music hits, when you watch Adam Cole walk down the ramp, when you watch him hop up in the middle of that ring and stick his arms up in the air, you cannot help yourself but to mm-hmm. scream as loud as you can, mm-hmm. Adam Cole, baby! baby! <laughs> help it. It's the same thing with Shinsuke Nakamura's music. Yep. You can't help yourself but to join along with the crowd. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. it's infectious, brother. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Like now, even Goldberg, on the other hand, 
it's the same concept. You hear the Goldberg, the music hits, the, the adrenaline, you're a fan and you just want to start going along. Yeah. But at home, there's a reason why Vince keeps bringing them back is because every time he's on Raw, the numbers go up. Yeah, it's wild. People tune in. I don't know why, but people tune in. That's why he keeps coming back. And I mean, so it's there's obviously more people out there that doesn't think like we do, that enjoys to see Goldberg come down and do the same shtick he's always done. (laughs) Well, that's just it. And I'm not trying to like use you as the example, Brew, but like you're kind of hyped because maybe you haven't seen Goldberg wrestle for how long? Right, yeah, you know, yeah. Sting is doing his thing in AEW right now. I fucking love what Sting is doing. I never thought he'd ever be able to do this shit again. Here he is. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. He's what 55, 56. Yeah. Like, I'm hating on Goldberg, but here I am watching Sting every week. I'm a hypocrite, and I think it would be a lot more fun. Yes and no, man. Sting doesn't drop people on their heads. Sting doesn't hurt himself literally every single match. You know it's true. I mean? It's Goldberg true. He has a reputation of bad matches. Yes. That's why I don't get where his reputation comes from. That's the problem. Like It could be the Hollywood thing, man. It could be the Hollywood thing because Batista's not coming back. Stone Cold can't come back. Like the guys Stone that Cold made the cross. He said he can come back. Yeah, he, he he's talked come. about I one more match. I can come back for one more if I want to. That's what he said, yeah. He, damn it, kid, I don't want to. Yeah, he, no, he did say he could do one more. He he yeah, said. But he like, doesn't want to. And I can't like, blame you. He's literally the only guy that retired and stayed retired. Now listen. Literally. Now listen. That would be something. Even if that match was five fucking minutes, man. That would be crazy. You ain't talking about Stone Cold and Goldberg. No, just Stone Cold oh, in general, God. though. Like, hey, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe, man. Maybe Stone Cold puts Goldberg into retirement with a stunner. That would be kind of cool. That's the thing, though. Like, Undertaker is one of the few legends that was able to leave on his own terms, basically write his own match, see himself out. It sucked there were no fans, which is why I think we'll see one more Undertaker match, which is why those rumors were hot on Monday that it was actually going to be him. Somebody even said they saw his wife in the crowd or something like the rumors were swirling that it was maybe undertaker, but everybody goes out cause they're hurt. They're washed up. They get released. It's it, like, he's the only one stone cold is a career that should still be going right now. Like the energy Stone Cold did it perfectly. It's he was the same thing with Shawn Michaels. Yep. But then Shawn Michaels ruined it by coming back a couple of years ago to do the Saudi show. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like, happening. If I don't Shawn care. Was gonna come back. He should have did it with AJ Styles. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That, no, that would have been, been the wicked. fucking match. But that I get Shawn's wicked. point. He's like, he doesn't want to come back if he's not going to be the same Shawn Michaels. And he proved that he's not the same Shawn Michaels, and he shouldn't have came back. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, him and Ric Flair. Rock and, and Hulk Hogan, like these matches just have to happen because there's yep. a kayfabe to it. There's actually a storyline to it. These Saudi, Saudi shows, shows still around though. Yeah, right. Like these Saudi shows, they throw the storylines together two weeks before the shows, and there's you just know what that nothing is, though, to man? That's the prince. That's, oh hell yeah! That's the guy who's paying for it. He's 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 saying what matches he wants. Yeah. During the first show, do you know who he asked for? I'm gonna guess. This is just a complete guess. I'm blanking hard. Hold on. Kevin Nash versus Big okay. Show. Okay. Close. Can you get a guess on who the Saudi prince would want at his first show? Hulk Hogan? 
That's one. And here's was it? Oh, shit. Yeah, I was but thinking here's the issue, though. That's when Hulk Hogan was going through the racist shit, so nobody wanted yeah. to deal with him. Yep. So there's one issue with your first guy. He wanted mm-hmm. three people. So there's one issue with your first guy. Oh, the there's issues guy, with him. There's your second guy you wanted was the ultimate warrior. <laughs> He's dead. Wow. The third, the third guy he wanted. <laughs> the third guy he wanted was Yokozuna. Oh my god. Also dead. Wow. Yeah. So the prince is trying to pay all this money to get the show or whatever. And he was, I want, I want Hulk Hogan. I want ultimate warrior. And I want Yokozuna. It's like, uh... that just goes to show you. I'm not even trying to be rude. How far behind some cultures are. Oh my sweet Jesus. I'm sweating with laughter. That's what he grew up in on the nineties. He wanted JR in the King on commentary. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Ultimate warrior versus Yokozuna in like a, CGI'd Hulk <laughs> would be pretty cool. I can't even lie. With the real Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, with yeah, the real that's... Hulk Hogan is like he interferes somehow. You know, he, he shuts off one of the machines and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, oh. that just goes to show you, man, what what is all about with those Saudi shows, man. Those Saudi it's... shows are literally just to entertain one man. And I said to my grandfather, they're coming soon because you've got Mansoor and Mustafa Ali on the same screen finally doing that did you, i don't know if you guys saw that the other night they when uh waiting for the travel to open back up this is it this is it mansoor was cutting a promo and then mustafa comes in and then talks some shit bam there's your shot there there's your fight like the only yep. place in the world that wants to see mansoor <laughs> versus mustafa ali is saudi arabia so i said to my I grandfather size of the fence with that because it's like yeah, you know, WWE is finally allowed to get two women in there to, to wrestle. You know what I'm saying? They finally got Renee Young in there to do commentary. But on the other side, it's like, fuck, Sami Zayn can't even go there. Yeah. Because of his heritage. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's uh, how progressive are you guys trying to be? That's all I'm trying to say. It's, yeah. Yeah. Go get your vaccines. It's no, your time to step Saudi up. Ra- talking, no, no, I'm, I'm just saying. This is like, WWE. Women are finally get licensed now. Our, you know, women are yeah. finally allowed to drive. And it's like, bro, that's, the, you know. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> You're a bit late to that party. <laughs> just a little bit late. But, 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 but what you were saying in regards to like, like the WWE, um, yeah. how woke, quote unquote, do you guys want to be? Like they've got these vaccine commercials. And I mean, to the listeners out there, if you're still tuned in, you're great. The show's almost over, but you're great. Um, You know, cancer research commercials and all this other like feel good stuff that you don't see anywhere else in the kind of sphere that they're doing. But then you're going to go to Saudi Arabia. It's like, come on, guys. It's one or the right other. Right after the guy killed the, the journalist. The, right after. That was bad. Right after he killed the Because who, like who. Right after. Who backed out that was supposed to be the main event? Was it Daniel Bryan? I think it was Daniel Bryan. John Cena was supposed to be there, too, I believe. Yeah, yeah John Cena. Yeah, he backed out, too. Yeah. I, I think it was like the main event. Kevin was, Owens backed out because of Sami Zayn. Which I can't blame him. And I mean, Sami Zayn, no. for obvious reasons, like he'd probably get kidnapped or die if he ever went there. It's fucked. And but, those guys are best friends, so. Yeah, that's 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 some sad shit. But I mean, the thing the thing is to and I wish it would happen in other places in the world. If you're like a billionaire and you could do something like that, you do it. It's kind of cool to see. And we just started the show and it's a perfect way to end the show talking about Anderson Silva versus Logan Paul. If you've got all the money in the world, you can make a dream matchup. You're going to do it. And fuck that. I'm going to space. (laughs) 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 
Branson? Was that the other fellow's name? Branson? Yeah. Branson, yeah. Branson Bezos on the moon. There it is. Oh, yeah. fuck. That's too good. Fellas, this was a blast. An absolute blast. I appreciate you guys for being patient with me over the last few weeks. 10 count next week. Feels crazy to say that, but we're finally going to get this ball rolling. But like I said at the start, I appreciate you guys just keeping me warmed up on the mic while I've been taking this break from the show. Um, and uh, and, and I, again, I sound like a broken record and being patient with me because at the end of the day, uh, if you're not patient, you can't really trust or respect people. And I'm sure I've broken your guys' trust over the last few weeks and months just booking these shows and being like, oh, man, last minute, something this, something that happened, blah, 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 blah. But I know that you guys respect me. And that goes both ways. I know that if anything ever comes up, I am comfortable and I am in a place where I can tell you guys, hey, man, it happened tonight, you know? So a corny way to end the show as we kind of transition now into the 10 count. I don't know. You know, Brew, I I love that you gave me love at the start of the show for keeping this going because you're right. Tons of wicked podcasts that I've listened to over the last year plus that just stopped randomly Mm -hmm. and you don't know why. And it's really none of your business um why they stopped you know maybe they have a personal issue maybe there's an issue going on with their recording situation maybe they just didn't want to do it anymore um the fact that my next episode that i release is episode 50 does actually mean a lot to me because this is something i've been holding off for over a decade so um the fact that you guys over the last few days where i've been at a flux in a last few days last few weeks sorry where i've been at a flux personally with if i want to keep this going um the Searle aspect of it if you will because the 10 count the weekly everything else I'm doing right now uh working with Marvin doing together for change I'm never gonna stop this momentum but I found that momentum stopping and the fact that you guys would take your time to keep my momentum going it means a ton so just wanted to end the show with that note fellas I appreciate you guys a ton I consider you both brothers as you both know and looking forward to starting a new era with the 10 count Straight up. Straight up. All right, fellas. Have a good night, and I appreciate you guys. You too, man. Y'all too.